Welcome to Blades Pod. It is Wednesday, the 2nd of June. My name is Ben, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrew. How are you today, mate? I'm not bad. A bit too hot for me, being a bit of a redhead. What about you? Yeah, I've entered that time of year where you, you don't thrive. It's, it's sitting oh. in sit a dark room time. I sat in the garden yesterday for about three minutes. <laughs> that were enough for me. Came inside <laughs> for long. <laughs> no, it's, no, I'm I'm good as well, thank you. Yeah, so what is this like? The third time I've spoke to you for podcast purposes this you know in seven days. Like, what's going Incredible on? Incredible scenes, yeah. This, this is what happens when the football actually finishes. Like, yeah, let's, <laughs> now that's all I want to talk about. I was <laughs> I was all excited for um, tonight's England friendly, and then you pointed out that we're playing players who aren't actually in the England squad, which I don't understand what the logic of that is. I'm, I'm sure someone will be able to explain it. But uh... Somebody said that it may maybe because the, the Champions League guys want another week off. But again, yeah, yeah I don't know. Don't get me started. Maybe, maybe don't have this friendly then, if that's the case. I'm finding it really difficult to get behind this England team. I'm sure it'll change once the, the tournament starts. But right now, I'm, yeah, You're signing out, towards yeah. hashtag Team Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, John Fleck test positive for COVID the other day, and uh, yes. that was a proper like just when you thought it was safe, like just when you thought this season was over, the cursed season. Has he no. had it before? Mm, no, he just had that really. He ended up in hospital, didn't he, for non-COVID? Oh, reasons. of course, that's what I'm getting mixed up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had an odd season, which we will talk about. Um, but what are we talking about today? And that is, we're doing player ratings for the entire squad, which was a slightly. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know what word to, to describe this. A, a, a humbling experience, like a slightly dis, dis, uh, depressing experience. I would have said depressing is probably more spot on, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, made made doubly so by the fact I um, I look back at the previous season's ratings for all these players just to see how it how it compared and make sure I wasn't going completely off-piece with what I felt about this season. So yeah. we'll, we'll throw a few of those in there. Um we're going to go quite fast through these, but first, we'll just say the released and retained list was published yesterday. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I'd read in multiple places that it was going to be on the Sunday, but I don't know if that was like the deadline to submit it to you know the league body mm. or something like that, and then inform the players and yeah. the clubs media team obviously having a long weekend, so uh, got it got it revealed yesterday. So two players. Uh, that I guess not a surprise at all that they're leaving Lundstrom and Jack Yelka we will talk about in the process mm-hmm. of doing the ratings Kean Bryan is not leaving as it stands he's been offered a new contract although uh, hasn't accepted yet I don't think I think discussions no. are underway so not not necessary that he will definitely stay but certainly we're trying to keep hold of him yeah. Um, so we'll talk about him as well as part of the player ratings. But first, the one other player that's been let go, the senior player that is, is uh, Simon Moore. And he will not crop up in the player ratings because he didn't play a single minute this season. So oh. I just want to quickly just um, say a quick farewell, really, to uh, you know one of the one of the centurions from that hundred point season. You um, you know you you had some nice words about him uh, when we talked about the most important players of the Wilder era a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. About how he's, he's actually played a much bigger role in where we are today than I think maybe uh, well certainly myself sort of thinks like in like the, the you know if you just put me on the spot kind of thing when you when you laid out the case it was like oh, okay actually that does make a lot of sense but mm-hmm. yeah what uh, any any thoughts on more leaving the club is no longer a professional kit model. 
<laughs> I, I wasn't sure if we were out of contract, to be honest. I, I, is he out of contract or has he just been released? I would imagine he was out of contract. Yeah, I don't think he's been paid off, but I didn't know that were coming up because he signed one just before we got in the Premier League, didn't he? Because West Brom was sniffing around. Mm. Um, so I was quite surprised when I saw him on it. I thought, oh, I didn't realise he, he, he were up for renewal. Uh, yeah, sorry, you know what I mean. He's, he's not... He'd not signed it. I thought he signed a contract for longer. Um, yeah, I thought we were massive in that that League One season. I won't say he changed everything, but it were a big part of what changed everything because George Long was shot. We just needed an all right or a decent League One goalkeeper, which is probably Simon Moore's level, to be fair. I don't, mm. I don't think he'd let us down too many times in the Championship, but at the same time, he were never going to be a number one, were he, for a, for a team challenging at the top anyway. But... I hope he gets another club. I won't be that surprised to see him in the lower end of the championship, maybe. Yeah, I would hope he goes to a championship club. I I liked him a lot, and I think the sort of the thing that we didn't talk about is the influence that he had on uh, on Henderson and presumably on Ramsdale as well. You know, Henderson was very yeah. uh, very effusive in his praise for him and uh, and Darren Ward are now now departed goalkeeper coach. He's not obviously one. a model professional. You can tell just like the words mm. that people say, the fact that... It, I remember when he played against Man U and we, uh, the 3-3 mm-hmm. and he put a really nice uh, post on Instagram talking about like it's his dream to play Premier League football and he's finally realised. It was really nice. I mean, some may say, you know, he, he didn't cover himself in glory with that third goal in that particular match. But, you know, for a player who, I don't know, being at Bristol City and Cardiff, to get a, a couple of Premier League games under his belt, probably something he thought he'd never... Never achieve, really. Yeah, and I, I feel, yeah, not to get too sentimental, but I, I'm, I'm glad he got those appearances as well. Yeah. You know, I've, that, that, to me, feels just reward for, yeah, being the first, I think we said he's the first goalkeeper since Paddy Kenny, basically, where we actually felt confident in, yeah. like, oh, we've got a proper goalkeeper. Like we can, you know, that, that position is just sorted for the foreseeable future. And, yeah, he's only, you know, he's still only 31. He's been, he's been around for a while. Like you said, he's played a lot of games for um, plenty of other clubs. So, He's presumably still got plenty of years left in the tank, so I, I hope he goes to a championship club. Certainly, League One, surely. I um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's like you said, he's always been model professional. Seems really popular around the club. Um, it was a th- he was signed a three year contract in the summer of 2018. By the way, I just looked at a while. Oh, he's had it right. So it, um, it did expire. Um, and yeah, just just final word on on more. I guess uh, I will forever be grateful for that save against Sheffield Wednesday. Oh yeah, which that's um, his, that's his- he had to pick his peak moment. I think that's it, definitely. Yeah, it, yeah, that's that's what springs to mind. I guess when we were in League One, like the team was just so good that yeah, he did pull a fantastic save. If I remember against uh, Northampton uh, at home, um, do you remember when Kieran Freeman scored in the last minute? They had a, a, an unbelievable hit from about two hundred yards out. <laughs> I do remember that? Uh, yeah. And he, he managed to get an hand on it, which well, it wouldn't have been his fault if it had gone in. I don't think anyone would have blamed him. Superb free kick. And then obviously we went up the other, and that's the day we went top of the league for the first time as well. And obviously we never we never left that position. So. Yeah, what was that? New Year's Day? It was around New then, Year's when, Eve or New, New Year's Eve, Day? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. The save against Wednesday that was in the I think it was the first of the many nil nils. It was the game after yeah. uh, Bouncing Day, wasn't it? And and that was the game we were expected to win. Wednesday we were acting like you know at the end when they were throwing the shirts into the crowd and yeah, it, that like the, the symbol of the how much the things had changed within the space of a. Well, less than a season. And they... um, but yeah, if we'd have lost that game, I think it would have been, I won't say embarrassing, but I think every, we were the favourites for that game and we started all right and then it all just sort of, sort of dwindling and they could have won it. A typical reach, did nothing all game and then smacked one in from 
you know, 30 yards and fantastic save. And he were on the floor, weren't he, injured he was, as well? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, he'd been, he'd been crouched down on the floor, injured, and then he somehow managed to get up as that shot was being hit and pushed it over the bar. And, yeah, as you said, you know, I, I don't think it'd be quite the sliding doors moment that uh, Bouncing Day was that we've talked about no. at length. But certainly, if Wednesday had come to Bramall Lane and won immediately after the 4-2 at Hillsborough. I do think that would diminish that the significance of that result a little bit. You know, I but... agree completely, yeah. I, nobody remembers that game. Nobody yeah. remembers the 0-0. I think we would have if they'd have won 1-0 in the last minute. Yeah, I mean, away wins in derbies just don't happen very... Oh, Sheffield derbies, I should say, just don't yeah. happen very often at all. Um, and yeah, you know, they, they haven't beaten us since we won at, at Hillsborough. They're obviously going to still be in a league below us next season. So, yeah, it's uh, he, he, that one save is pretty significant in preserving our city superiority, I think. Am, so, I, am I fault telling Wednesday fans, if it weren't for that save, you wouldn't be going to admin? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have gone on this amazing run and gone up. <laughs> oh, boy, has it been an interesting week at Hillsborough. Like, just... I meant to message you earlier, actually. You, I didn't respond to something you sent because I'd got sidetracked with something else. But I was going to say, it's been a quiet 24 hours by Wednesday's point of view <laughs> in the past week. <laughs> It's been a strange one for sure. Right, should we do? Uh, should we do our play ratings then? Uh, Let's th- go. Thank you very much, Simon Moore, and uh, yeah, all the best for his future career. Like I said, thirty-one's plenty of plenty of years left in his goalkeeping career yeah. yet. So, yeah, I, I hope he goes somewhere where he'll start anyway. If he, you know, if that means going down to League One, then fair enough. But yeah, I think he's uh, he's done his time as a backup. It's difficult time for a goalkeeper, which we'll come on to. Maybe you know, Ramsdale played every game obviously this season. Mm-hmm. I spoke to you privately about. These people who are just professional reserve goalkeepers, and I think he's mm. better than that, Simon Moore. Yeah, what were we talking the other day about? Uh, <laughs> was it Peggy Arfexad? Who'd, who'd yeah, won, that's right. Yeah, got like five yeah, Champions yeah. League winners' medals and never played or something. He's won seven major trophies and only played. I think it was. I might got this wrong. I think it was forty-three games ever, and he's got seven trophies. <laughs> what a guy! That's my that's my kind of professional athlete. Sure. Get him in. <laughs> you don't have to play him. It's just good luck, obviously. Exactly. With him and Norwood, you really couldn't fail, could you? For promo- yeah. promotion is soon. Right, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to go through every player who played a league minute for Sheffield United this season. Anyone who played 300 minutes or less, or sorry, less than 300 minutes, uh, which we're calling the Mousse line. So basically anyone who's below the Mousse line doesn't qualify for a rating in this, and we will talk about that group of players at the very end. We're going to go position by position, starting with goalkeeper, all the way through to forwards. We're going to rate, both of us are going to rating out of 10. You don't know what I've gone for, vice versa, so we'll see how that uh, how we compare. Usually we're pretty pretty in line, aren't we? I think we Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we deviated on a couple last year. Um in fact I've yeah. not got those in front of me, so you'll have to uh, uh, I'll uh, I'll call out anything particularly significant in terms of a yeah. deviation from the previous year. Now we're gonna wanna go fast here because I don't want to be doing this for the entire day and I'm sure people listening don't want to listen to like a three hour podcast. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna do three minutes per player and I have a timer set you will hear this noise this noise when we reach the end of the three minutes so we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take it in turns on uh, on each to, to lead off with each player if you like um yeah and then yeah max three minutes with one caveat that i'm stealing this from the around the nfl podcast which i listen to every week there's three timeouts for us to use during this so if we think we need if we think one player deserves more discussion time 
then yeah. uh, we will use one of our timeouts and uh, have an unlimited discussion about that. But generally, yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to try and stick to these three minutes. Um, one final thing for start: any stats that I throw out are taken from fbref.com, which is a great website. I recommend anyone interested in football statistics um, check it out. Uh, when I talk about percentiles in this, it refers to all players of the same position in the big five European leagues over the last year. So if I'm talking about a striker being in like the you know 90th percentile, it's not comparing them against uh, defenders, it's against other strikers right. around Europe. Okay, right. I think we're ready. So yeah. we're going to start strong and finish strong with this because we're going to start with uh, one of the Player of the Year candidates, the only goalkeeper to uh, to make an appearance this season and play in the league, that is, and uh, playing every single minute as well, and that is Aaron Ramsdale. Um, I would like you to start, Aaron Ramsdale, so your time starts now. I gave him an 8 out of 10. Um, what did we give Henderson last season for this? Around the same. Uh, keep talking and I will look that up. Yeah, um, but I mean, we've talked about him. I've actually got the less notes on Ramsdale than anybody else, simply because we spoke about him throughout the season. Everyone knows the story. I don't think he was that much at fault early doors. As a lot, He got a lot of criticism for things that I didn't think were his fault early doors, but he was letting goals in that he... So we said like loads of time of the season, the the goals that you can't really blame him for, but maybe you could could have done better. Since I think I'm trying to think when it all really changed. I remember the Man United game, mm-hmm. thinking he should be dropped the away game because he was that poor before that. I thought Man United was just going to hammer us 17 nil or something, and <laughs> he's just going to put his confidence down even more. And I, I was advocating putting Fodringham in for that game in the Man City game, so I just thought he was he looked that low on confidence. But he had a really good game away at City, if you remember. Mm. Um, where he pulled a fantastic save off right towards the end. And I think that might have just like given him that little bit of confidence. And then I think the Liverpool game in particular sent him to another level. And I think he's ended the, the, the season as the best English goalkeeper in terms of form. Yeah, that Liverpool game was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, we gave Henderson, we both gave Henderson nine last season. And uh, mm. I'm also, I've also gone eight out of ten for Ramsdale this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... At the end of the season, like on the ad- advanced stats, he was basically the, how he was at Bournemouth. He was a slightly, yeah. a, basically a league average goalkeeper. But obviously, we having lived through it, know there was a bit more of a roller coaster than that. And yeah. I think I think he deserves like added credit for how the second half of the season went. Like he started so badly. Well, no, he didn't start badly. He started averagely, but yeah, then he got I worse. Say from Anderson by a fair bit in the early part of the season. That is fair, yes. Uh, and then he got worse. And as you said, that Man U game in in I think early February, we were genuinely saying, and we were not alone in this. Lots of people were saying it's it's probably time to take him out the firing line, like for his yeah for his own good. Yeah, then, it wasn't that we were sort of saying he's rubbish, get him out. It was just he looked that shot of confidence. You're thinking this is only going to do it worse. And fair play to Wilder or Dan Darren Ward to keep him faith in him. Absolutely, yeah. So I think the fact he bounced back from that when he could have imploded, I, I do think that's what nudges him up to a, an eight out of ten for me. And mm-hmm. yeah, definitely in the conversation for player of the season. Uh, just on his advanced stats, so his the post shot expected goals numbers, so shots on target, basically uh, how he did versus how he should have done. He was 12th out of all goalkeepers, just saved basically two goals above what he should have done, which actually put him above keepers like uh, Pickford, Kasper Schmeichel, one Dean Henderson, believe it or not. 
which is yeah. quite surprising. Ooh. And my final tidbit, which I thought was quite interesting, uh, he has the is in the top five in the whole league for. Uh, defensive actions distance from goal. My time's about to run out. Oh, there we go. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to quickly finish by saying what that means. So it's basically, as a sweeper keeper, how far you were from goal when you you know cleared the ball, headed it away or whatever. And uh, it puts him just behind Alisson, Edison and Nick Pope. So I thought it was quite interesting. I never, yeah. I, like, I wouldn't have thought that through the season that he is like, Basically, sweeper keeper extraordinary. I would say his distribution's improved as well. I know I'm going to have the time later, but his distribution definitely improved as the season went on as well. I thought it did indeed. Yes, which is good to see. Right, next player. Let's uh, let's let's move to defence. Let's talk about let's talk about Ethan Ampadu. Actually, one of our uh, returning loanees back to Chelsea. So I'm starting my timer. Now, and I've given Ampadu a 5 out of 10. He ended up playing 23 starts, 25 appearances in all. Uh, played almost 2,100 minutes. I remember saying at the start of the season that this was quite a weird loan move for him in that he was mm. probably coming here to be a backup when he'd hardly played any football anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as it happens, it probably was a bad move for him. But for Interestingly, sort of... on the on the view from the Chelsea view from, from Ampadu, they were all saying we don't want him to go there because their defence is better than ours. <laughs> He's never going to get a game. Yeah, so this is it. I think, as it happens, it probably was a bad move for him, but for, for different reasons. I mean, he was thrown into the lineup like almost immediately after, uh, after Egan's red card against Villa and then O'Connell's injury as well. So suddenly, yeah, I mean, he was coming to this really stable defence that suddenly had collapsed within the space of three games. And yeah. he ended up playing all three centre-back positions. Plus he played, I think he played right central midfield. He played part of a midfield three in the middle. And I think he played part of a midfield two as well. I've got a lot of sympathy with that. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. in his struggling team as well. That said, he was pretty miserable until the new year and then uh, improved yeah. after that, um, but then got injured. So yeah, I thought... Certainly, for me, I don't think it was a successful loan. It might have been good for his like personal development of playing in a struggling team, but I can't believe yeah. his technical development will have seen much benefit from this one. To be honest, what's uh, what's your feelings on Mister Ampadu? I too gave him a five, so we're on on course to match each other at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, as you you pretty much summed it up before Christmas, I thought he were pretty woeful in a number of positions. He had that mm-hmm. one standout game, if you remember, against Liverpool in the defensive midfield position. Yeah. And we were like, right, we found the guy, you know, Berger's gone a bit forward, Norwell's lost the plot, Ampadu's the man. And then he just never held that down. And he were in a load of positions, in fairness to him. Yeah. But then in that mini revival, I'll keep referring to this mini revival from January, February. I think he was as good as anyone in that, actually. Mm. I think he really drove us forward, especially in the cup game. I remember against like uh, Bristol City in the cup. Uh, and Bristol Rovers, I think it was Bristol Rovers, or maybe Plymouth in the cup. One of those two games, anyway. I thought you were like out up there with our best players, and it was getting to the point. West Ham away, I think you were our best player, but I think that West Ham away game for me sums up his entire time here to a degree. That he was probably the best player for the eighty-nine minutes, and then he, it was his fault for the goal. He got absolutely every aerial challenge he lost. I, he might have been at fault for as many goals as anybody this season. I've not got that in front of me, but. If you remember, like a lot of his mistakes or a lot of challenges that he didn't make or got beat in the air and stuff, they normally led to goals. If if Ampadu made the mistake, yeah. Um, uh, would you would you want him back on loan next season potentially? I don't think there's any point because I think he's not in a position. 
I don't even know what his best position is, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to play midfield for Wales, it looks like, for uh, in the Euro, so... He might, he might prove us wrong. He might, you know, we're a more confident team. But if I'm Wales going into a Euros, we aren't doing midfield. I'm not sort of rubbing my hands, to be honest. <laughs> no, possibly not. Right, next, I'll, I'll let you choose and uh, and talk. Which which defender do you want to talk next? Should we go for um, <sighs> Georgie Baldock? Georgie Baldock. Okay, go. I gave him a six. Um, I think last season he was possibly the biggest sort of surprise player. I think, in terms of who stepped up. I think we were all thinking, is he going to do it? And he were absolutely phenomenal. I think Stephen's reputation were ahead of him before last season. I think this the end of that season, they possibly ended it the same, which are a testament to Baldock, because Stephen's were fantastic as well. He definitely dropped off this season, got caught up in everything else, played a few games at centre-half, which is quite clearly not his position. Forgot and that, the fact. Yeah. yeah well, and, you, you know, you're going into a new position at centre-half in the Premier League against the best players in the world. I'm not going to, you know, pick him out for for not performing in those games. I felt that he, he kept putting the effort in, and he kept and he had the aggression like we all know he's got. He didn't always use it in the best ways. I don't think he committed a lot of fouls. God knows how he's not been sent off in the past <laughs> two seasons. But I think he was getting frustrated with what was going around him. We know he cares that much and stuff. But I think out of the lot, out of all the players. This guy might be in, he's in the top six or seven performers of the season, despite the fact he fell off the, you know, he wasn't as good as the season before. I don't think he ever let us down. I don't remember him doing too many mistakes. He mm. with the same old faults that he's got in the final third, which is why, you know, we'll come on to Bogle later. A lot of people wanted him dropped for Bogle. I don't remember him making that many mistakes defensively in the right wing back. I do it when he was centre half, he did. But yeah, yeah. So I'll give him a six anyway. Yeah, I've gone six yeah. as well. So we're three for three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we both gave him eight. Last year, so that that feels like a fair reflection, I think, of a mm. of a change. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he was bad. I, I I just think he was okay. But defensively, I think absolutely fine in a team that was under way more pressure than it yeah. was last season. It just still no prod- end product in like a side absolutely desperate for something going forward. You know, and also one that relies on the wing backs a lot yeah. to create. Things. God, that is that is a really good point actually, and that that reflects badly on Stevens as well and anyone else yeah. that got used on that left wing. Yeah, two two assists in almost two thousand eight hundred minutes, thirty two starts. It's not we needed more than that, didn't we? He was um, yeah. it was in the bottom third percentile uh, for assists, shots, and shot creating actions. So that's against other wing backs basically across the big yeah. five leagues. Um, he was super. He was in like the bottom. So he was third percentile for passes attempted. So basically, just like hardly any passes attempted, and and uh, a fourth percentile for progressive passes as well. So that's incredibly low. So basically, he just he wasn't creative and he wasn't very involved from an attack perspective. And- Do you know what? I think he might have been involved in the moment of the season where I consciously thought we're going down against West Brom away when he took uh, the, and he, you know, he blasted it over the bar on his left. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot And that. I just thought, I remember that, I was so slumped like back in my chair after watching that because I thought, you do not miss chances like that in this league, you know, so. Yeah, that's a, a good place to end it for George Baldock. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's move over to the other wing, shall we? Oh, dear. <laughs> We're going to talk Ender Stevens, And uh, I'm, I'm going a lot lower here than I've gone with anything so far. I've gone three out of ten. And I am sad. I am very, very sad about this. We gave yeah. him... I gave him a nine last season. You gave him an eight. 
I mm. I appreciate the dangers of speculation, but the the drop off from the start of the pandemic and when he picked up that injury as well was so huge. I can't help but wonder if there was some long term issue with an injury there. That's like yeah, you have to think that because the drop off was so big. You have to think what what has happened. You, you don't age overnight, <laughs> <Do> you know, <laughs> or over like... two months or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. It's not like. It's not like we're comparing 15 months ago to now. We're comparing April to June, basically, aren't mm. we? And, yeah. I mean, his attacking output just completely disappeared. One one assist in the entire season. I mean, he, you know, I, I sympathise a little bit that we had to, he was filling in at a uh, left centre-back. And I do think losing O'Connell was massive for him as well. You know, that, that triangle yeah. of him, Fleck and O'Connell just got, got broken up. And occasionally it was just him out of those three that was actually playing. But he really struggled defensively at the start of the season, whether it was at left wing back or left centre back. And there's, there were just several times where I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, yeah. I, I can't remember which game it was. It was it might have been Liverpool at home where he, I feel like Kean Bryan had had a chance covered, and then he sort of he almost body checked yeah. Bryan out of the way and let the guy score. And it's like, what? On yeah, earth it was. Actually, it was Liverpool. I think that. Yeah. Yeah. All all his numbers are unimpressive. Like looking down his stats. I mean, his his last few games were better and I am hopeful that he can put it right in the championship but if not we have other options kind of ready to jump in there now to be honest like I said I'm just sad about this drop off but yeah there's no way I can go higher than three out of ten I've I've gone the same again Hmm. um to be honest on performances it was more like a two but I will I put him up one because I do think he puts the effort in we'll come to other players later on and you can maybe say did he put everything into it? I think Stevens has tried every game. I don't think you can fault him at all for that. He just looks so... If that, if this were his first season, you'd be thinking, right, the step up is far too big for him. Mm. What's incredible is that he came before the season where he were arguably the second or third best wing-back in the, in the league pre-pandemic. Yeah. And mm. now he's gone to genuinely possibly... I can't think of a worse starter this season that I've seen. I've not seen that many games, really, this season after we... Uh, Became awful, but I, I don't, I can't think of any left wing back in the league that I wouldn't pick above him. Yeah. What amazes me about him is he never got dropped. But the hecking bottom and Wilder never dropped him. He was never on the bench if he were fit. He always played. And we'll come on to Osborne later, and there's even Max Lowe or even Jack Robinson can play there. I just do not understand how he kept his how he kept his place every week with those performances. Very nicely done there, right right inside the three-minute mark. Good job. Uh, we'll talk Chris Basham next, I think. Uh, so I'm starting my timer now. I've gone six out of ten for Basham, which, again, I feel I feel bad in terms of, like, oh, that's a change. We both gave him ten out of ten last year when he was the, the player of the year. It was definitely a step back from that amazingly high standards, which we should have expected, but, um, yeah, I think... I think still slightly disappointed with his season. I sound like a school teacher, you know, see me after class kind of thing. Um, you know, that, that said, he was still one of our more consistent performers. And I thought at times he was one of our biggest attacking threats as well. But, you know, also, I think for the first time in maybe three, four years or so, there's actually some poor moments defensively. Uh, just one assist as well, despite and no goals, despite, you know, all the good work going forward, there was very little end product from that. And as you said earlier, you know, we relied so much on that product from the wing. You know, that was where all our attacks generally ended up was on the wings. And as good as he was at being involved, yeah, very little end product there. Um, his expected assist for the entire season 
there's just 0.8 so he, he got his one assist which is right around where, what it should have been I guess but yeah just just a step back I guess which is yeah to be expected you know he, he is getting a bit older obviously the the bits around him were ever shifting the team was under way more pressure um, a, a good not great season not, not a huge cause for concern going forward I still think he you know he, he deserves to start for his next season for sure but yeah what about you I went for a seven actually for Basham mm-hmm. um Mainly because I think he were involved in some of the best performances this year. I thought he was superb against West Brom. I think yeah. that's one of his all-time best games for us, actually. I thought he just drove us from defence. Um, Man United away, he were, he were as good as anyone. I think I actually picked him above Man of the Match, above Jagielka in that game, which I think it was the only person on the planet who did that. But he <laughs> was superb in that game. Everton away at the end of the season, those marauding runs, and it was just... Back to the old Basham, and then Burnley at home, where he obviously comes back on with his with his turban. You're like, that's the that's the Basham. He had an, an awful couple of games. Um, I'm not got these written down, so you have to bear with me. But Newcastle springs to mind away from home, where yeah. St Maximum just absolutely destroyed him. The Southampton game where they were all absolutely appalling. Oh, Palace. God, yeah. This is another thing why I've given him a seven as well. He played four or five games in midfield where he wasn't good at all. But can you expect him to be, really? I completely he, forgot that, yeah. He even played left centre-half against Spurs. I, I just think... <laughs> and obviously, he came back and then uh, for the last of 5-0 where he clearly weren't fit, and then he were out. I don't think he's been fit for the latter end of the season other than the last two or three games, to be honest. So I've given him a bye for that as well. But I, I think he was our third-best player this season. Yeah, you could definitely talk me into a seven. I think, yeah, the mitigating circumstances have been shunted around, playing different positions and stuff, definitely uh, mm. definitely a factor for sure. All right, finally, we uh, we disagreed on one. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think it's... Do you want to pick another defender to talk about? Let's go John Egan, the other man who played most games, I think, out of a lot of them. Yes. Um, yeah, go. I've given him a six, actually, John Egan. Okay. I think he was slightly below Basham. Early in the season, we were laughing his heads off about he was just a firefighter, weren't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was just diving in. He was getting caught out of position, mainly because Jack Robinson, Ampadu, Keane Brown, whoever were playing there were... He obviously, I, I just don't think he had confidence in them, and I don't think he had confidence in Ramsdale, to be fair, uh, at that stage, Egan. Mm. And he did make mistakes, and we all know the season before he got caught out with the ball over the top a lot. He was more evident, I felt, this season. Um, that ball over the top. But that said, it did put in some really, really good displays. Brighton at home, absolutely superb display. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think who else. It was Newcastle when we won 1-0 and back to the wall. And Villa, classic Egan uh, performance. Oh, we're down to 10 men, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, no, sorry, he didn't play in that, did he? I'm trying to think because we have that back makeshift back line. There's another one I'm thinking of. We won- West Brom, sorry, 2-1, where at the end they're pumping balls in and he's headed them away and stuff. Oh, but- that's right. I don't think he looked as commanding as the year before, which is not all his fault. And I think he got caught out of position, probably lost his confidence a lot. I think he felt he, he, he tried to do more than he probably should have, but that was understandable as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I see a lot of people say he's going to go, you know, and stuff like that. For me, he's 29 years old, and I've seen people say we want 20 million for him. Personally, I think that's unrealistic. I think a 29-year-old centre-half who's had one good season and one all right one. Mm. I think if you're asking for more than ten million, there you're, you're being a bit cheeky, personally. But that's just me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm not sure someone will offer us the amount that makes makes it worthwhile selling Egan. So I, 
yeah, I do actually think he probably will be here next season. Um, yeah. So I've I've gone with 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 reversed this. I've gone seven out of ten for Egan. Okay. Yeah. So I've placed him again. Though you you make a good case, and you, you could talk me into a six for sure. Um, the red card at Villa was obviously unfortunate. You know, it was a ridiculous decision, but he he did put himself in a bad situation in that. In that he you know yeah. he was he was too high against Watkins, and I guess while this maybe isn't totally his fault. That red card really harmed us. The snowball effect of that for the next game, where we, you know, suddenly we were without O'Connell and Egan, and that end we'd lost that game, so ended up with no no points from three, mm. and it just snowballed from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you, I have some sympathy that he had too much to do uh, too often. He was above the seventy fifth percentile for blocks, clearances, and aerial tools won out of all central defenders in the big five leagues. So that kind of says uh, shows you just how how much he was having to do. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he was a bit of a goal threat from... The, he didn't score... That sounds stupid, excuse me. I should have rephrased this. He didn't score a goal, <laughs> uh, and this is what a bit of a knock on him, really, but he, he was in the 77th percentile for shots per 90 minutes among all qualifying centre-backs. So I, I actually said the Burnley game, he had one over and I text someone, I can't remember who it was, and I said, um, it drives you mad because he gets into these good positions and then heads it over or volleys it over. He's just like, oh! Yeah, so he's pretty good at getting shots. He's quite bad at scoring from them. So, yeah, I do think that is a slight knock. But, yeah, I went 7 out of 10. Right, other defenders. Uh, Let's talk Kean Bryan. Mm. Here we go. 5 out of 10 for me. Uh, Mm. He's getting another contract if he accepts it. Who would have thought that at the start of the season? He's going to be the longest-serving player, isn't he, at this rate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this will probably bump him up to, like, number six or seven in the squad. So even yeah. even with uh, a, a Chris Wilder's squad with quite a low turnover, I suppose. Um, I did not... He, he started 12 games, uh, played over 1,000 minutes... I did not expect him to play this much at all. And I, I didn't expect I, him to play at all. <laughs> exactly. And I think I uncharitably said at one point, you know, the fact that if you told me that Kean Bryan was playing a thousand minutes, I probably would have guessed that we were near the bottom of the league. Yeah. Um that said he, he did much better than I expected. Possibly better than we had any right to expect given his uh his history in the game where he'd never even played at championship level before. Yeah. His uh, his defensive numbers were were quite solid, but his use of the ball was hilariously poor. He was uh, yeah. bottom bottom tenth percentile for pass completion among centre backs and uh, and dribbles as well. So that was not good. But yeah, I you know five out of ten. I think he did he did what we could have asked of him. And um, yeah, he scored, scored a goal at Old Trafford, which was absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. The two goal scorers <laughs> that day on our. Our uh, what was it first win at Old Trafford in forty eight years? Absolutely hilarious. And uh, Can you imagine you're looking back in that in twenty years, like in like I don't know your kids are saying, "Who were Keen Brian and Ollie Burke, Dad?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know. <laughs> uh, I might have been able to remember at that point, but it, yeah. look, it looks like he's sticking around. But yeah, talk to me about Keen Brian. What have you gone for? I might use my time out here actually on Keen Brian. I've actually gone a six uh, for King King Keen. Time out. Mainly used. you. I've, look, I, I've sort of been a bit cheekier because I don't think he was as good as Egan who I've also given a six but I've tried to base it on the sense that how little I was expecting from him and how he performed I think probably the only outfield player I think to come out of this season with his reputation better than it was before maybe McGoldrick Mm. Jebison if you include him as well I actually think he's come out with his reputation enhanced he's obviously not good enough for Premier League level I think he that was pretty clear after the 12 games that he played. And he made some really bad errors. But on the whole, he didn't let us down and he looked far better than a lot of other players who were playing. We talked about Stevens earlier. 
he's another player who could have took Stephen's position. He was fantastic at fullback against Man United at left wing back. He's another player, I think, who he made big errors that led to chances or goals. There were the corner at West Brom. The one against Chelsea is the one that stands out, obviously. Mm. And I just think he he's pr- he proved that he's a better player than any of us thought he were. I think we all had him down as a League One player, didn't we? He yeah. were at Bolton last season. I mean, that's Bolton who got relegated to League Two. That's where he was at last season. Then he's coming up against Fernandez and <laughs> uh, you know Rashford and all these players and, and playing well as well. They were at Liverpool first half. I remember I think I texted you and said, "Keen Bryan's amazing, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable these tackles." And I think he's one of those sort of players that he's he's going to look good. A lot like a lot of our players actually, he'll look good for eighty-five minutes, and then he'll do five minutes of woefulness that it's just not good enough for the. Top level. I wrote these notes down before he got the contract and I actually said I don't want to keep him personally because. Oh, was, that was my next question, actually. Yeah. What, how do you feel about him getting that contract offer? Well, what I've put here is I don't want to keep him because I don't think he's good enough even at top end championship. And yeah. I said, but credit to him because I think he's proven he's at least a mid table to lower mid table championship player. If he's coming in as backup for a couple of years, I'm all right with that, but I don't want him to play any more games than he's got this season. I wouldn't be confident of Keane Bryan playing 20 games, but as a backup, as a Martin Craney sort of figure who's mm. you can sort of rely on in terms of uh, work rate, you know what I mean, and all this sort of stuff. But, yeah, yeah massive credit to him. He put him one of the performances of the season as well, I thought, at home to Villa. You know, that, that's that's what we're talking about rather than Egan. Can you remember when he played actual centre-half with Ampadu? Yeah, just yeah. Say when Jagielka got sent off. And I think that was one of the standout performances of the season and... Fair play to him because, you know, if he's here next season, I don't think anyone's going to go, what, like they would have if Rodwell had stayed or something like that. Yeah. He's got he's, he's gone above a level that I think any of us expected. I've been a bit generous with 6 out of 10 because he's not really been as good as Egan and Baldock, but considering where he's come from, that's why I've given that mark. Yeah, I, to be honest, I've, I've leaned my ratings in that sort of logic as well, where it's like if there's a player where I know how good you are and you... Mm. Or how good you were very recently, certainly, and you've played way yeah. below that. I'm going to criticise you for it. And there's others where it's like, I know, I know what your level of ability probably is, and if you've played to that level of ability, then that's that will be reflected in my ratings. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I did, I did call this new contract for Brian a few months ago. You I did, can't, I can't yeah. Why I said yeah. I think he will get an uh, an offer. I don't. I, I'm a bit like you. I, I was. At best, I'm ambivalent about this. I think my my concern is: is this not just blocking minutes for someone like Norrington Davis and yeah, I don't know any of the other younger defenders? I was surprised that he got offered it. I really was, and I know a few people said, "Oh, that's fine, Keen Brian." But as you said, you're looking at Norrington Davis, and uh, I mean, I don't know if it. I don't want to get into conspiracy or rumors, but I hope he doesn't say anything about O'Connell. It'll be so looking pretty buff. This week, didn't we? Um, Mano, man, did we? Yeah. (laughs) I I just hope it's not a reflection on that. I suppose as a cheap option, he'll not be on much money. He might not sign. There's rumours of him going to Watford and Swansea, which absolutely... (laughs) I mean, Swansea, fair enough. Watford in the Premier League, just absolutely bizarre. They'd be interested in him. But then again, I saw Watford interested in... uh, What's his name? Ashley Fletcher. Oh, flipping out. Did he use... I don't know, but I went on their forum and they weren't happy about it. They were like, we were with Keen Bryan, Ashley Fletcher. <laughs> like, what we're trying to do. So, um, yeah, if he doesn't sign, I won't be shedding any tears. If he does sign, I'll say, yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. I'm getting Ashley Fletcher mixed up with someone else, clearly. 
Oh, I'm thinking of... <laughs> actually, I'm not going to say this player's name in case it turns out he never played Fortford either. Andre Gray is, is who I'm thinking of. Who That's d- the man, yeah, yeah. And not even sound like actually played, I think someone played about £8 million for him and he were awful. <laughs> Uh, what we're we talking about, Kian Bryan. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, O'Connell thing is probably massive conspiracy. Um, you're right. He I, I'm hoping so. I just yeah. he did look he did look massive, O'Connell. Like not so much not so much heading bricks as heading an entire house based on the. Mm. Based on that photo, which is when I say massive, for anyone who's not seen this, I mean absolutely ripped. I don't mean he's like <laughs> been at the McDonald's all day, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, well played, Kim Bryan, I think. You know, good good for you getting that contract offer. I wonder, see, it, on Football Manager, I would give a contract to someone who was expiring and then sell them immediately because I didn't want to lose them for free. Not sure real life that. works that way. But, but I never uh, thought that. If people are interested in him, that mm, possibly, but why would he sign when correct. he. Correct. Yes. Well, Whereas on Football Manager, I just lie to them and tell them I'm going to have them as a rotation player next season and then sell them. You're a disgrace. You should, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you bring a player through youth academy, they're not good enough for your first team. And then I don't want to lose them for nothing when I can pay someone else's wages with the with a quick sale. Anyway, right. <laughs> You've gone six, I've gone five. Uh, we have a couple or, or maybe one defender left. I probably should have ordered my I've got three left, actually. Three defenders? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hang on. Your maybe one of them didn't start as many uh, as I, as I maybe thought. Uh, I've got Jackie Elka, Bogle, oh, yeah. and Low. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, let's do Jackie Longthrow next. Oh, and Jackie Longthrow as well. Of course. JLT. I've got him down. That's why I've missed him. JLT. <laughs> right. Time is on. Jack Robinson. Uh, only started nine games actually, which slightly surprised me. Uh, chipped in with an assist. That was definitely the. The highlight of his season, I think, at Everton for uh, for Jefferson to score. I think he did okay. I give him a five out of ten. Uh, not Premier League level. It was nothing. Didn't make me feel confident about Premier League level. Probably decent Championship, but like by decent, I mean okay, not bad, but not good or great either. I, did, I thought he improved quite significantly right at the end of the season. Um, mm. Highlighted with that Everton game, he was absolutely brilliant in the Burnley game. But yeah, I'm I'm not convinced he's a player that I would be happy to lose, I think. Not in a like we must get rid of him immediately, but yeah. you know, he's twenty seven years old now. Like I I don't see how he improves beyond what he is, and that is probably just a you know, average championship backup. So yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of where I stand on him. Five out of ten for me. I gave him a four. Um he were obviously first choice to replace O'Connell uh when that happened and it were we knew he were way below the standard of O'Connell, but he did. He just looked like a championship player, didn't I? I think yeah. they were the Fulham when he came on as a sub against Fulham. Um, that were an appalling performance from him. Yeah. Southampton, uh, he got dropped for Jagielka to play on the left hand side of defence. That's how bad thing. And he, he, you know, he, he's all, he, it was his position to lose, and he lost it pretty quickly due to poor poor displays. As yeah. you said, he came back into it. I thought uh, really well. Those last three games, he were fantastic. You're like, who's this guy? You know, but I mean, he vanished, didn't he, halfway through the season, and no one really knew what happened. That's true. Yeah, we were joking about him falling into a wormhole, weren't we? And then, yeah, he, he suddenly, but then he suddenly reappeared right at the end of the season and was good again. So, I don't but... know what's happened again. I don't want to get into conspiracy and rumors and stuff like that. But it was just bizarre that he went. No one, no one asked him about. You know, no one were asking Wilder where is he? Yeah, which 
I don't know, maybe Wilder said don't ask. I don't I doubt it, but it probably just people forgot about him because he was that <laughs> he was that sort of like average or poor early on in the season. Just a weird signing again, I think, to be fair. When a lot of people's like points of criticism are, are Wilder, I think he's one of the people you can bring up and say, Why did we sign? I know he was free transfer and stuff, but as we've talked about Keen Bryan, basically... I, I thought we paid like three million for Jack Robinson. Oh, I'm not sure about that, to be fair, if that's even worth uh, it. Uh, undisclosed fee. Uh, Sorry, I thought we were free. Sorry, I'm just, yeah, because obviously we're at Forest under contract, so we will have paid something, yeah. Undisclosed free is what you thought it said. Undisclosed free, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just thought we were another strange signing. As we talked about Keen Bryan, who were there, obviously we didn't know at the time that he wasn't absolutely appalling. Why bring in another player that who plays the same position, who's not good enough and never shown they've been good enough at that level? Yeah. The, uh, the disappearance and not being raised in the media is something that I'm going to use as a segue for the next person I'm going to talk about when my time runs out here. Beep. There we go. <laughs> so, let me just find him on the old spreadsheet here. Where are you? Uh, you would think I would have ordered this before we actually start talking, but <laughs> instead I just copied and pasted it all from who scored and other my notes in there. Right, next person I'll talk about, Jaden Bogle. Yes. I've got six out of ten for Jaden Bogle, and yeah, the reason I'm jumping to him is uh, it's just one of the great unknowns of this season. Is why it took him until December not to get on the pitch. He wasn't yeah. in the squad. He was not on the bench until he made his debut at Brighton in mid-December. I really, really want to know why that was, and I think it's if there's no reason for it, then what the hell? Like we paid money for this guy. He clearly is talented. He was talented at Derby. He yeah. did, you know, we scored on his debut, and for in that little the mini revival you referenced, he was one of our better players. He gave us a real spark. Yeah. I, I don't understand why he wasn't involved. Um, again, I don't feel like it was particularly raised in in the local media as well. Which, no. yeah, yeah. makes makes you wonder if there was a reason for that. But then you would kind of expect rumour mill to swirl I suppose around that one the only reason I brought up the, the, the sort of did Wilder say not to say anything about Jack Robinson is because obviously we know what happened to Mike McCarthy when he mentioned lunchroom <laughs> and I don't know I'm not I, I can say I don't know I don't know but yeah Bogle was so strange not getting a, I can I can concede that yeah don't play in Bulldog especially in the earliest part of the season one of our better players so yeah, all right, maybe not play him, but, but to not have him on the bench. Not have him on the bench, and then when the first time he was on the bench, he brought him on. You know, like, what if he's where, what? <laughs> I'm sure we were. There were games because obviously you could name seven. Is it nine subs? Sorry, nine weren't it? Nine. Yeah, and and yeah. we weren't doing it. We didn't have a full bench. He just weren't there. I don't know. Just people saying he's injured, or um, some saying he's not doing enough in training, and then there were other rumours that. Oh, he's had a fallout all the same, which is understandable. Those rumours had start, but yeah, so bizarre. Yeah, but then when he when he did play, I thought he had two months of doing really well. It was a yeah. genuine goal threat. Then he got injured at Fulham, uh, and that meant he was kind of in and out of the team the rest of the way. Uh, I like him a lot. Like I said, six out of ten. Mm. I thought it was a good showing in a difficult season. Um, yeah, his, his like attacking numbers and defensive numbers were pretty impressive as well. He was in the sort of top third percentile on on uh, non-penalty expected goals, dribbles completed, touches in the opposition box. Mm. Pretty impressive overall. Um, what did you give him as a rating, by the way? I gave him a six. Okay. I just thought it was another who were really important as we started looking less rubbish <laughs> yeah. in January and February. I think when he came in, we were like, why is this guy not being playing? You know, he scored against Brighton, scored against West Brom. 
scored against Bristol Rovers all within the space of a month, I think that was. Yeah. And I think everyone was like, what, what's going on? Why, why has he not been playing? I think he was our best player. Arguably our best player in the Cup uh, this season. Maybe Billy Sharp, because he was fantastic against Bristol City. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously excellent against Bristol Rovers where he scored. Brilliant against West Brom in the second half where he scored. He massively tailed off at the end. And he's, I don't think he's up to it defensively at, at the Premier League level yet. Got to bear in mind, I think he's 19, isn't he? It's 20, but yeah. Same yeah. Same so, I, yeah, I, I, um, 6 out of 10, massive potential. Just a shame we didn't see him more. Yeah, indeed. He was uh, one of only two players that scored more than one non-penalty goal this season. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) absolutely pathetic. Have I got that right? I'm pretty sure I've got that right. The time isn't running here. I've paused. Yeah, there's only... For goodness sake. I mean, there's there's only three players that scored more than one goal full stop. Including penalties, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty lame, isn't it? Right, yeah. we we have uh, at least one defender left, uh, and that Got is two. two, have we? Well, which yeah. which one do you want to talk about first? Go for it. Well, let's go for the the, the, the lad from Derby, shall we? Okay, Max okay. Lowe. Mm-hmm. Go. I gave him, I gave him a three, to be honest. Um, I think he had a woeful start. Mm, <laughs> he, he's just... one of those sort of play. I think I even wrongly actually said on this podcast that. I can't remember a worse start to a United career from a player, which is a massive sort of talk sport. Sort of. So it's a bold claim, <laughs> but I, I knew where you were sport. coming from with that, though. Yeah, he, he had a really, really bad start. He didn't just look like a, a level below the Premier League. He looked League One. He really was struggling so much in every game that he played. He didn't get forward. He quite clearly couldn't keep up with the pace of the game in terms of defending. His positioning was awful. He actually slightly improved against in his sub-appearance against West Brom, which was probably his best game. When he came on at half time, I won't say changed the game or anything, but he gave us more balance because Bogle played on the left and then Lowe came on and gave us more balance and actually did well in an attacking sense. And he did all right in the Bristol City game too when he only hit the bar. Mm. Uh, but then he, he fell out of the team. He never got going. And again, I've got to have to say, it looks. People keep saying he's young. He's 25. You know, he's not. We're not talking like. On Bogle, I can sort of concede that, you know, he's 19, 20, or whatever he is, 20 year old. And you're thinking, well, yeah, you know, he's, he's just getting into it. You're not writing him off. Lowe should be coming into his peak, and it just looks another bad signing for me yeah. at this moment. I hope he proves me wrong, but he's another left-sided player that com- massively failed to to uh, establish himself. You're uh, you're one out with all your ages today. It's just like uh, <laughs> M- M- Monty Python, Holy Grail, where he just can't can't say three. He's uh, he's just turned twenty-four, Lowe, but I, I, it, yeah. it doesn't undermine your point. You're right, yeah, he, he, you know. Yeah. He should be the finished article, like like you. Uh, slightly odd signing. I've gone three out of ten as well, actually. Yeah, he was thrown into the starting lineup for a brutal run of games, which was Liverpool, true. Man City, and Chelsea were his first three games, and he actually got he got a head injury within about ten minutes of the Liverpool game, if you remember. Um, it was awful. I thought that was a Fulham game. Oh, sorry, it was. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I remember he just kept passing it to them, and I was thinking, this guy's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. yeah then he was concussed, and it turns out he was rubbish now. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, his first starts, excuse me, were Liverpool, Man City, yeah. Chelsea. Awful at Chelsea. Like, that was that was a real just collapsed performance from us, and he was all over the place. It proved a little bit in games in the second half of the season, but, yeah, like nothing to suggest he's even close to Premier League quality, and I wouldn't be surprised or upset if we... Uh, Move him on. To be honest, again, like 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 you said, just sort of clogging up that left side. I'd rather 
I'd rather see give those minutes to Norrington Davis. I think yeah. unless there's some unless there's something here that we're completely missing, but all the evidence in front of our eyes. I mean, look, he only played 500 minutes, but that's still a decent chunk of football. And yeah, it wasn't good. The, so. the Derby fans weren't con- con- uh, concerned that he left. It were all about yeah. Bogle. I thought we were an odd signing. It were almost as if like we'd gone for Bogle and they said, "Oh, have this guy while you're at it." You know what I mean? Yeah, that's you have to stopped. take him. <laughs> yeah, and obviously now we've got. Oh, uh, Nor- sorry, I'm going out the thing there. Norrington Davis, Robinson, Keen Bryan, if he stays, Osborne, Stevens, all can play left left wing. It's ridiculous, really. It is indeed. Have I? Have I? Oh, I've saved the best to last. The main man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm. I'm going to use. I'm going to use time out here for uh, Phil Jagielka. So we've got one left because. Uh, I want to do. Do you do you credit? I suppose to Jags, who uh, yeah, has, has officially left the club in his playing capacity. Anyway, we're not uh, offering him a new contract. Not sure what he's going to do next. To be honest, I mean, I wonder if he'll continue to play. He's thirty-eight now. If he wants to uh, carry carry on in the lower leagues, yeah, or it'd it... be interesting. He, he didn't. I mean, we'll come on to the obviously this season, but he didn't do anything this season that made me think that he couldn't play at least League One. Yeah, I guess it's if he wants to or. Mm. If there's going to be something in the works with, uh, you know, every United fan in the entire world has said this at some point during the season. It's like, oh, maybe he wants to go to coaching. Maybe he does want to go to coaching. Maybe uh, maybe that was the plan before Wilder left. Maybe Jukanovic will have other ideas. So maybe that's just up in the air at the moment and uh, it will transpire that he actually does get an offer to uh, be involved at a coaching level with mm. us or whether it's with someone else. In terms of this season, uh, I've gone six out of ten. Um, he played... 10 times, 6 starts, 527 minutes. I said something very mean about him after his 300th appearance for us, which I think was the Man U home game, wasn't it? Was that oh, his 300th appearance? Yeah, I've wrote that down in my notes. I'll let you carry on, but yeah. <laughs> I basically <laughs> said, let's let's hope he's, that's also his last appearance because he, <laughs> he was absolutely atrocious in that game. But he got so much better and he played, as you said earlier, he was superb at Man United. And overall, a bit like Kean Bright. Oh, God. Jagiel to Kian Bryan overall like Kian yeah. Bryan uh, he did more than I could have hoped for from uh, yeah. you know a 38 year old winding down his career who you know barely featured the previous season um, and on a personal note you know this guy he was one of my favourite players as a kid he is uh, what is he uh, a year or two older than me so I was I was very invested in his uh, the early stage of his playing career because I was like this guy's just like me, you know. This is, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's breaking into the team as a seventeen-year-old. I was like, ah, oh, he's not that much older than me. Like, I'm really invested in his, yeah, his this yeah. career as a you know youth team player, getting into the first team. Um, and uh, yeah, I ended up. I looked this up earlier to make. sure I was trying to work out if I was at his first game, which was the final game of the ninety-nine two thousand season, a two-all draw with Swindon at Bramall Lane. Um, a completely meaningless game, but Jags came off the bench as a 17-year-old in that one. And I did go to that one, and obviously, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, I was also at the Burnley home game this season, which means I saw Jagielka's first and last games of his uh, Blades career, and maybe his football and career full stop. So, I yeah. can't remember. You sent me that swindling game. I mm. cannot remember that at all, that match. I can't remember anything about it. I don't know yeah. if I was there. I don't know why I wouldn't have been there, but yeah, well, I can't remember a, anything about it. It was a meaningless game in a dead season. <laughs> That's yeah. why you might be. There was only 12,500 people there, and there was only obviously like maybe 3,500 at the Burnley game. So 
Yeah. I wonder, there must be a pretty yeah. small number of people that saw both games, I reckon. Me, me and my dad are two of them anyway, after I uh, twisted his arm into taking me to that Swindon game. I was... That's good, that. Yeah, you get a T-shirt made up for that, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I was there. But yeah, he was, you know, I was really invested in him just on a sort of, on a whim almost as a 17-year-old. And then, you know, the guy went on to play for England at a World Cup and have a massively successful Think career. Play. I think I'm right. I, I may have. I think he played 400 Premier League games as well, or or just over, or just under, or something like that. It's got to be close to that, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. Must have played what close to 50 with us, I guess. Yeah, he played 10 this season. He'll played pretty much all 38, I imagine, the previous time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, give me give me your Jags thoughts. Where did, where did you go rating this season? I'm glad you went six because I've gone six as well. Based okay. sentimental, I'm not going to lie. He wasn't as good as <laughs> Baldock. He wasn't as good as Egan, but. I've given him a six because, I, like Keen Bryan, he, he, he did more than I thought he could. And I think mentally credit for him bouncing back. Obviously, we know about his brother passing away. Then he played the day after or whatever it was against Chelsea yeah. and played really well in that game as well. By he the did, way. yeah. He almost Fantastic. scored as well, do you remember? Yeah, yeah. That would have been a great story. Um, but I don't want to like dwell on that. Uh, but mentally bouncing back for that horror show, the Man United game that you were talking about as well. Mm. Because that looked like that, that guy's career has finished. He came on as a sub. He was taken off as a sub because he was that bad, basically. Yeah. And you think, and I, th- I think you probably summed up what a lot of people thought. Like, let's hope that's the end of him. Because not, 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 not you know, not not in himself, but <laughs> football-wise at United, because he played that poorly, and you're thinking, and then to bounce back and play as he did against Man United away, we were all so scared when we saw that team team sheet, mm. like Jack Yelker against Rashford, and oh no, what's going to Greenwood and all these players? What you know, if, I think if you say what's the performance of the season, I don't agree with this personally, but I think that's what I get voted for as the the best performance of the season would be Jagielka away at Man United. Absolutely fantastic. Played all right against Leeds, even when he scored the on goal. Southampton away, when he played left centre-back, he was our best defender that day, <laughs> mm. even though we were appalling as a team. He never let us down other than that. That one Man United game at home is the only blotch against this season, I think. I think we, we got the most out of him that we possibly could. Yeah. I mean, even that Man U game, like... I mean, there was an element of, well, what do you expect? I mean, I don't want to keep banging his age, but 30-year-old centre-back, he was like his first appearance of the season. He barely yeah. played last season. A terrible substitution in the first place, to be fair, that. And he's going up against an absurdly explosive attack. Like, it, it was yeah. pure, well, what do you expect? Like, it was, you know, from my point of view, it was just like, I don't want to see him playing because he's just he just can't deal with that level of athleticism yeah. anymore. And yeah. I, I, I almost don't think of that as a criticism. Anyway. You know, I don't... I don't. It is a negative, but I don't mean it as a negative. Uh, it sounds really odd, I know, but just like that—that that is just who he is. I guess what I'm saying is I, I can't blame someone for who they are. If you know what I mean, like that's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's almost on. It's more an indictment of the club in general that he ends up in that situation. Like we shouldn't have ended up with Jagielka having to play against Manchester United. Like no, both, no, both games, completely but, correct. Yeah, and and the games. I remember against West Ham, he came on as a sub when Egan went off, and everyone's like, Ugh, nothing to do with him. He was just like, well, this, no offence to Jagielka, but he's up against Lingard, and you know, his players are so explosive. Yeah. What are you expecting him to do? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, it was a solid enough effort this season. Like I said, we've both gone 6 out of 10. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bit of sentimentality in that. But in terms of where my expectation, excuse me, expectation is versus reality, he did well. And, uh, yeah, I'm... You know, I'm 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 glad he bows out a blade, if you like, and on 
It's a shame yeah. is, you know, his two two Premier League seasons, I guess his two stints for United end with relegations is a bit of a shame. I guess it's just, at least this time, it was kind of confirmed way in advance. You know what I mean? It wasn't the yeah, kicking yeah. of the teeth. We've, we've had a chance to sort of properly process it. And uh, yeah, he'll, uh, he'll always be one of my favourite players. So uh, cheers for everything, Jack. Well, like I said, we're, we're basing this on, on, we're trying to be as, you know, sort of uh, honest as we can be. Mm-hmm. I, I just think I don't know, I, and it is sentimental. But I, I felt bad giving him below a six, given everything that's happened to him and, and his career as, as well. Yeah, I'm just looking. What, what do we give him? We give him. I give him a. We both gave him a five last season. Yeah, we uh, only played two games, I think, didn't I? Two starts. Yeah, he played yeah. Uh, six appearances, but 240 minutes. Whereas this season, he played. Did I say this already? Uh, yeah, just over 500 minutes. So he played. Yeah, pretty much. Two times as much football this year. Yeah. Uh, it's all the defenders, I think it is, isn't it? That's the defence, yeah. The defence is done. Now we move on to the fantastic midfield. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, go on, you, you may... you may. Let me just get the timer ready, and I will let you start us off in midfield. Who do you want to go with? Let's go Norwood. Let's get it out of the way. Okay. I've given him a three, because I think he had more good games than Stevens. I think Man United and Man City away, and Newcastle at home... But he also had more absolute stinkers than Stevens. Mm. Sometimes he looked like an old man in the middle of the park, to be fair, this season. He he was awful in some games. I think Spurs at home might be a standout awful game. <laughs> you know when he gave... I think he was at fault for two oh. of the goals, weren't they? Oh, I do, yeah. <laughs> That's just come I, flooding back, that one. Yeah, and I can genuinely, just off the top of my head now, I can think of three goals. I've not wrote, written these down. Palace away, you only let Ezzy just mm. walk past him. The Spurs game that I've just uh, talked about. And then the West Brom game we won 2-1. That was his fault for their goal as well. He lost yeah. the ball again in midfield. And you just can't track back. He looks very much... And to be honest, there were times last season where, where he looked like this as well. And I think this is possibly why Berger was brought in. Wilder probably saw that if we've not got possession, Norwood's a bit of a liability, isn't he, to be fair? So, maybe. Why do we give him a new contract then? We gave him That's a new contract that, during yeah, the I don't lockdown. Know. Yeah, I that... feel sorry for him in the sense that I don't. I don't think he's going through the motions. I think he's. I just don't think mm-hmm. he's up to it. I don't think he's got the physicality. He ain't got the pace to play at this level. You can get away with it being if you if you're in a, if he's in a team with a load of possession. Yeah, I can imagine him pinging the ball about for Man United, looking like a decent player. But <laughs> in a team who are not going to have much possession, which is us in the Premier League, pretty much every season. He do, I mean, he did really well last season, but I think that was just the crest of a wave. He, he was pivotal to everything that we did. Soon as people started closing him down and and uh, you know hassling him and stuff, he just couldn't cope. Yeah, I've, I've gone three out of ten as well. Uh, we both gave him eight last season, so that is a massive drop off. I just really poor from one of my favourite players. I mean, your physical drop off so you mentioned. Sad. So sad for me because I absolutely adore how he plays football. I love the passing and stuff. Yeah. Lack of product, especially from uh, set pieces, and I think can knock uh, our other midfielder for this one as well. I mean, you know, not held by the sort of collapse of a system around it. It meant he rarely ever got into that, you know, the Norwood zone on the right where he would hit in one of those amazing crosses. Like, we yeah. he just didn't get the chance to do that. Um, we didn't score off a set piece, did we? One of his set pieces, am I right in saying that? Possibly not. The only ones I can think of were Flick, I think. Uh, yeah. I think, like a lot of the team, he was it was unbelievable at Old Trafford, like most of the yeah. team were. But during yeah, like yeah. crunching into Pogba, it was absolutely fantastic. But and I actually had... thought that helped him, and I said this on the pod that I thought mm. that Man United game helped him because they didn't press us at all. Yeah, yeah, it exactly that. Thought, 
we'll just we'll just play past these. The Lilbatis have the ball. When you give him the ball, he looks a good player. Yes, and there's a few other games that fit that category as well. Newcastle at home is one that springs to mind, and the cup game. So I'm I'm hopeful that that comes back next season, yeah. uh, just through the lack of. Uh... I'm more hopeful of Norwood than Stevens personally. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a good shout. Right, we'll move on to his uh, midfield. Uh, the, the man that was typically on the left side of him. Uh, mm. Yeah, final note on Norwood: no goals, no assists all season, and obviously. Uh, how many assists did he get? He only got one assist last year as well, actually. So Bob, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and that was a penalty. Right, on to John Fleck. Oh dear, this one hurts as well. I've gone three out of ten for Fleck. Uh, Twenty-nine starts, two and a half thousand minutes, zero goals, a pair of assists. Injuries did not help at all, and uh, I think he probably. I was surprised to see that he started twenty-nine games with two sub appearances as well. Really surprising to me that as well. To be fair. I think he probably should have had longer to recover from his... I mean, the guy broke his back. I think he should have had longer to recover from that. <laughs> yeah. um, but we, he was back in the team quite quickly. He had that illness as well. We don't know what was going on there and how serious that was in terms of like affecting his you know, physical ability to uh, play football. But from the highs of last season, it was just... Oh, the previous seasons, I should say. You know, the last three yeah, seasons, yeah. obviously at a lower level, but... This is really poor. He was uh, he was the thirteenth percent alpha pass completion. That's really bad for a central midfielder. It's terrible, yeah. Yeah, twenty second for shots as well. His dribbling was okay in the seventy fourth percentile, but it was so far off the dynamic fleck that we'd seen in the previous seasons, and mm. it just left too much slack for the rest of the team to pick up. I mean, this is a guy that scored five goals from open play the previous season, and you know you, you take that out of this team, and it, it did just mean like, where are the goals coming from? I, I do. He just. It was just a nothing season in midfield for him. The first game, and that was as mm-hmm. close as we got. <laughs> yeah, it was just a nothing season from him. You know, he wasn't he wasn't creative. He wasn't a goal threat. It just just really a massive step back. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping he'll just be fitter next season and uh, he can get back to the fleck that we saw in the previous couple of seasons. But it is a bit of a question mark for me. What's uh, what's your feelings on John Fleck? I've gone slightly higher than you. I've gone a four simply mm-hmm. because. I don't think he's been fit all season, and I've yeah. sort of given the benefit of the doubt for that, which is why I think Norwood has been fit. I think Norwood's just been playing appalling. I just don't think Fleck's been anywhere near fit all season. I could be wrong. He might turn up next season with Jimmy Fleck again. But, <laughs> I, I, I mean, the fact that, you know, he's got his own sort of alter ego now, so is how bad he's been this season. With the old, his own manager is <laughs> sure. making names up for him, basically. I just don't think he's been fit. He, he, he wasn't he got actually dropped early doors, if you remember, whether that because he wasn't fit. Do you remember Arsenal away? He was dropped for Osborne. No, I'd forgotten that, actually. Yeah, and he, he couldn't get in the team and stuff. And then he got going a little bit again. Again, like the rest of them, January, February, we had that decent run which culminated in that display against Man City away, which again, mm. up there for me, we were one of our best individual performances of the season. He was superb in that game against Manchester City. And you're thinking, right, he's back. And then he just dropped off again. And Everton aside, I thought he ended the season worse than Norwood and uh, well everyone else really. Norwood and Stevens. I think yeah. Stevens in the in the final couple of games showed a little bit of form. Probably his best three games of the season. Fleck was just poor, really poor. I've given him a four purely because I'm going on the notion that he wasn't fit and he was playing through injury. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we both gave him 9 out of 10 last season so that is a, a monumental drop off yeah. uh, uh, it's, it's your turn to pick a midfielder actually let me get the old timer back up sorry, uh, yep, when you're ready shall we go for him, JL7 
JL7, let's do it. I might um, use my time out here on JL7. Actually. Yeah, all right, let's uh, let's let's time out. Yes, this is yeah. I think I had uh, a tentative time out here as well. Actually, I've got quite a lot to say about JL7, who yeah. le- leaves the club. He le- he's left. Confirmed. He's gone. See you later. We're delighted. Parties in the open top buses. <laughs> <laughs> start start me with your player rating first, and then uh, and then go I've, for it. I've given him a three. Okay. Carry on. Uh, yeah. To be honest with John Lundstrom. I thought the start of the season he was no better or no worse and probably even better, actually, than Norwood and, and Fleck thinking about it. He could have had five goals by the third game. Yeah, it, I, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, it, he, he was the only midfielder breaking into box. He missed a decent chance against Man City and everyone was slagging him off for various reasons, saying, what's he doing? Is he missing this? And blah, blah. Since he's not been in the team or not been trying, which has basically been since Christmas or whatever, We've got nobody who's managed to get into those goal-scoring positions. So this is why I've given him as high, if you like, as a three. Why I've sort of gave him as low as a three, I think it. I think he's just simply down to. I think once once Wilder left, I think yeah. he he's just down tools. I think maybe he felt a little bit of loyalty to Wilder, but I think after Wilder went, he were he were pointless to us. His performance versus Southampton were probably the worst outfield performance I. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like genuine, performance. Genuinely art, think I've ever seen. I really think that's the worst. I think if you, oh. like, what was the worst performances? That'll spring to mind for me. Personally, and this is why I've what a time out. I don't think he were ever good enough to be a Premier League starter week in week out. I think his career for me were three years of average performances, three months of brilliant performances, and three months of terrible ones. People seem to forget the outrage when he started at Bournemouth yeah. that first game of last season people are talking I see other fans saying oh Lundstrom he, you know he was fantastic for Sheffield United and then you know he, he didn't sign his contract and we should sign him it wasn't he had three months of really really excellent performances he showed nothing before that for me to suggest that he was good enough to be in a championship promotion team week in week out I think he played something like three games in the year we went up started mm. I think we needed to improve on him whether we went down or stayed up. It's nothing against... I'm not bothered about the contract thing. That happens. And, yeah, he down tools and some of his performances are absolutely pathetic towards the end of his career with us. I don't think he's that good. I really don't think he's that good, personally. That, and I'm, Other than those three months where I had to take me out off and say, you, you know, he's playing fantastically. I just think that were a purple patch. I think his body of work throughout his United career suggests that we needed to improve on him. Mm. I I went four out of ten. Mm. Um, yeah, which some may uh, feel outraged at that, but um, I just—I mean, you, you kind of said it. I thought he started the season well, despite the misses. But he was yeah. one of—he was one of our only goal threats. You know, he, he had that uh, that chance against Leeds at home where the keeper made a phenomenal save, and you could sort of justifiably say like he should have buried that, but. It oh, was a good shot, saver. and all, yeah. and also he was the only blooming player getting on the end of those chances, and. You know, he he did that for his last season. He could, as you say, could so easily have had two, two, three, four, five goals through those first like ten games or something like that. You know, just if things had broken yeah. slightly differently, and then who knows? Maybe the season goes differently. Maybe we give him a new contract at that point. Maybe he's you know retains super motivation. Maybe we have more than two points at Christmas, whatever the hell <laughs> it was. Um, but then, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I think around January, February as well, when he sort of came back after his red card at Brighton, I mm. think he played well then. And there was, you know, I was hoping he'd sign a new contract then. I think I don't think I was alone in that. I saw quite a few people say, you know, just give him a new contract. Like, you know, he's, he's still clearly important to us. But then, as you say, when, when Wilder left, it just collapsed completely. And 
again, I, I think it's an indictment of Wilder and Heckingbottom that he kept getting played. And it's only really at the end of the season oh, he finally... So frustrating that he kept getting played. But he, not only was he... Let's say he was trying and he put everything in. He was playing awful. You know what yeah. I mean? Just no need for him to be there. 23 starts for a player nah. who... Public, you know, it was public knowledge was not going to sign a new contract. Just really bad. Um, and it, it shouldn't... You know, I'm glad that it shouldn't have hung over us like this. It shouldn't have been allowed to become such a big thing. But because we no. didn't... Because we had barely any midfielders and because he was our only athletic midfielder, yeah, he had to keep playing him. And, and that is my one thing of... I know you're, you're saying, oh, you just don't think he's that good, but we don't have anyone like him. And I agree with that. Yeah. I think we should address that, <laughs> you know, with a better yeah. player maybe, um, or someone with, you know, yeah, has a higher upside, I suppose. But yeah, he he was very, very good for those three or four months. Uh, and obviously, you know, we, we were pretty tongue in cheek with our Lord Lundstrom things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he benefited from being listed as a, a defender in fantasy football. It and really helps his uh, reputation that. It really with, did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is stupid, but it really did. I just think, and I'm, it might go on and prove me wrong, but I don't think there's any evidence at this particular moment in time to suggest that he's good enough to play week in, week out in a championship promotion side, just based on his career with us in the championship. Yeah. And I just think that three months... People forget as well. People say, oh, yeah, he fell out of favour because Bird came in. He'd been dropped by that point for Betty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only a couple of games and he, he got his place back. But m- you asked most fans at that moment, before Berger had even signed, they want a Betty chain above Lundstrom. Yeah. Because Lundstrom was playing that bad light. He'd fell off a cliff way before Berger had come in. Yeah, but uh, yeah, those you know those those three or four months of performances were pretty important to kind of setting up the rest of the season agree, for us, yeah. weren't they? You know that was that was why we were basically or a big part of why we were basically safe at Christmas that first season, and you know we could kind of chill out for the rest of the season. And I just think people shouldn't forget that nobody wanted him in the team for that Bournemouth game. This isn't a player who's been fantastic for four years, and mm-hmm. it wasn't Duffy who played brilliant for three seasons or wherever it was, and then and then left. This is a guy nobody wanted even in the squad pretty much for the Premier League. And then when he played, they were an outrage. And then he had three good months. And now he's late. Who would have thought John Lundstrom would be the most controversial player of this era? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Is, there's some work, I was just thinking as you were talking, like, the, the fan opinion of him has been so negative all the way through, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, it has. uh, You know, it was, it was the success. At first it was like, why have we signed this guy? And then it was, oh, he's... He's a rubbish successor to Coots, even though he That's, probably wasn't he, he brought into with that. Because that, he's not that sort of player, as we now know. And that, that were unfair on him. But he didn't take that because we had to sign Lee Evans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It, it, it feels like he was sort of unfairly maligned and then has become fairly maligned as it's yeah, gone on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not... Uh, I don't feel like particularly negatively towards him on a, on a personal level, as I'm sure no, some I don't, people do. I but, don't. but I'm glad it's over. Like, I just... I just it's, just such a distraction we didn't need and like I say I think that really is a black mark on the club that this was allowed to become such a big thing and we had to keep playing him for those 23 starts like that's yeah. just ridiculous I mean it just sums up the, I mean obviously the only thing I probably got right this season is that we needed a midfielder I said it in the <laughs> in the pre-season pod letting Luke Freeman go I know he, he were awful at format well average at best at Forest yeah. but we didn't know that were going to happen in hindsight I and mean, even in hindsight at the time you're thinking what are we doing but we were having to resort to playing this guy who doesn't want to be here, who isn't even playing that well, because we've got the no guy else. you paid £6 million on at Nottingham Forest. I just, I don't know. Yeah, baffling. Right, any any other thoughts on, on Lunny or uh, are we moving on? 
No, I, I'm really interested. He might get a Premier League club. I'll be amazed if he is anything but a backup. Yeah, I'm, I am. In, I'm genuinely interested to know where he ends up. Yeah, I'll be yeah. keeping an eye on that very closely. Right, so Ben Osborne. Uh, yeah. I've gone six out of ten. He's definitely a bit like Jake Ilk, who's definitely close to that. Just couldn't have asked much more from him, kind of yeah. thing. Uh, I think we've we've probably talked ad nauseum about um, you know he's, he's not the most gifted footballer technically, yeah. so I don't want to bang that drum too much because I think almost that's I think that's almost going too far the other way now. He's not a bad footballer, is he? He's no, not... no. He's, like I say, I, I compared him to Montgomery early doors, and I, I I I don't mean that in in the sense he's a better player than Montgomery, for instance. I think he's more a Stephen Quinn, if anything. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, good comp for sure. Um, he got a goal, unlike the rest of our midfield. I thought he should have been used more in the early part of the season. This is my other retrospective yeah. question mark, I guess, particularly at left wing back, where he, he was really good at Anfield, if you remember, and then curiously not used there again for ages, even though uh, Stevens was struggling really quite badly there in the early part of the season. It really annoyed me that. that like I said, I brought that up earlier because mm. I, this is a guy who, I mean, I'll come on to my points sooner later, but this is a guy who. Stevens is playing awful. The the worst thing you can say about Osborne is well, he might not perform very well, but you know you're going to get something out of him in terms of the work rate. Yeah, max effort, max energy, puts him out of quite a few others, and uh, yeah. he ended the ended the season well. Really good at Everton, really good against Burnley. Really important, and I thought it was really important to us at the end of that season. Actually, end of this season. Yeah, when we started using him as a more of an attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not. Not the answer there, as we said, but no, did no. a did a capable job. That's what I mean. I just this is why I've gone six out of ten. I just feel couldn't have asked much more from him. Um, and yeah, I, he, I like what I saw from him this season. I'm, I'm glad he's going to be part of the squad next season. How about you? I've actually gone seven. I okay. really like him. I really really like him. I know he's you're saying you know he's not the the answer in the attacking midfield role. Well, and he isn't. But what I will say is none of our other midfielders could have played that role or even yeah. tried to play it because they don't have the mobility. The, you know, they don't have the the sort of... He's not the fastest, but he's faster than the rest of the midfield. Mm-hmm. I just think in those horrible months after Wilder left, he really, really stepped up to the plate and he was probably the one player who gave a gave us a little bit of pride just in his performances, maybe. It just in the sight he was diving into challenges and working so hard. I think he had some great performance before that, though. I think Liverpool away mm. was unbelievable as a performance. You know, one of the best moments of the season is that tracking back and tackling Firmino. Um and I think, yeah, he's unlikely to ever be good enough to play in a Premier League midfield week in, week out. And he's been in and out of our team all season. We've been a, a poor side, obviously. But I just think they were more about us when he played. I think despite his limitations, I think there's more. there was more about us this season whenever Ben Osborne played. I don't want him as a starter next season, but I'd love to keep him around. Yeah. I, I think you can rely on him. And I think if he plays... 15, 20 games next season. I'll be happy with that. That'll yeah. be. I think I've said before his first reserve, and that sounds like it's obviously a backhanded compliment. But it, but I mean it like with affection. That I like players that you can rely on, and I think you can rely on Osborne. And one of the few players Wilder signed in the Prem that was well worth the money. Yeah, I'd say so. I think we said uh, just quickly, a bit cheeky here, but um, yeah, I think we said before at the end of last season, like. We basically need three or four Ben Osborns in terms of like good backups, yeah. and I, I think that still applies to be honest. So, Wilder yeah. got mistake. Wilder listened to us then and decided, oh, oh they think we need more left wing backs. That's what, <laughs> that's what they're talking about. <laughs> Excellent shout. Right, uh, the big Norwegian geezer Sanderberg. Oh, disappointing. Um, yes. Five out of ten for me. Disappointing in terms of what could have been and maybe what now will never be. I suppose. Um, 
who's comfortably our best player for six or seven games, which, you know, you can say that's not saying very much, but he, he looked very good for six, seven games. Then he tailed off quite badly and then finally got a bad injury and uh, and that's it. Um, I know it's become a bit of a cliche, but he, he's so obviously good at football. I really <laughs> hope we get to see him play for his next season, but I'm I'm kind of resigned to it not happening. I mean... Yeah, my my only other note really is just like what an odd year he's had, as in a calendar month. Uh, well, probably more like an odd 14, Eight, 16 yeah, months. Yeah, months or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, from playing in the Champions League in Norway to moving to this, you know, upstart team in uh, in Sheffield, and then basically being unable to see his family and his friends for a really long time. Um, yeah, he played just over a thousand minutes. Got a, got the penalty at Anfield. He got an assist as well. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just sad we didn't see more of him. But um, yeah, I thought he a good start and then a bad end for him and that injury as well. And yeah, I, I don't know if we'll see him play for us again. To be honest, yeah, I went five as well. I think in the same as you in the opening months of the season. This is strange. This he was our best player. I felt, but he never delivered for a full ninety minutes. I don't think he was ever mm. consistent. He just showed more in twenty minute spurts that no one else was showing. You know, he, he created yeah. stuff that no one else in the team was doing. His performance has definitely dipped way before he got injured as well. I think yeah. um, West Brom away, where he was his fault for the goal. That's a that's a game someone like him should be dominating. And he never mm. did. He did little... And this is the problem I had with Berg, is that he had these spurts of excellence. And you think, this guy is unbelievable at football. And then the, an hour of just sort of going... Not going through the motions, but tentatively sort of getting in the game and making safe passes. But really hard to rate because he's barely played. I'm out of the games, as you say, played, sorry. Uh, he played 13 starts, 15 appearances. And I'd say in those 13 starts, he probably offered more than any other midfielder, barring Osborne. Yeah. And he wasn't brilliant, you know, by any stretch of the imagination in those 13 starts, but just those little pockets of moments within a game. I think that he offered more than Fleck, Norwood, uh, Lundstrom did for pretty much the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, thanks fair enough. He's, uh, it's, it's widely reported that he has a relegation release clause of £35 million. Um Do you I, see us getting that? I mean, I, Well, I mean, that's what the release clause is. So yeah. We can dig our feet in. I mean, that's, yeah, that's basically yeah. what we're saying we'll accept for him. Uh, Arsenal by him. He's yeah. such an Arsenal sort of player. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope he goes to a decent team, you know? Like, yeah. if, if he has to leave... Um, <laughs> 35 million is quite a lot of money for a player that you only have for a year. Like, in our situation, I I think that's good value for us. I'd really like yeah, to keep him, but yeah. that takes a big chunk out of any uh, any financial losses, if you like, that uh, relegation bring on. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope we can stick our feet in. Feet in? Stick our heels in. What, what the yeah. hell is that phrase? Dig our, dig our heels. Dig our heels in. There we go. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, have, I, have we got any midfielders left? No, we don't. We don't bother with him, do we? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, this is it, isn't it? I mean, we probably spent like an hour on defenders, and then there's hardly any midfielders to actually talk about. An hour about. on left backs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on to strikers. Then uh, go on. It's 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 your pick. So I'll let you choose who you want to start with. The first one I wrote down was Billy Sharp. Who have we have a six out of ten to. Okay. I don't. I think again, he's one of the few players that you can't say was any worse than last season. Realistically, I might have given him a higher mark, so maybe I'm being uh, hypocritical there. But um, we're t- we're a team that created nothing, absolutely nothing. And I think you could argue that no one will suffer more than Billy Sharp in a yeah. team that creates nothing. But 
I thought he played really well against Man United away, where he did a fantastic job for the team, leading the line, held it up well, could have scored. He was really good when he came out against City, actually, as well, the the game after. Obviously yeah. got really a couple of really important penalties for his Fulham um, obviously didn't mean anything in the end but we didn't know that Newcastle obviously to get our first win yeah. and then against Plymouth in the cup he just I I, I was almost like sort of like a proud dad sort of thinking <laughs> yeah, this is what he does give him some chances obviously the, the opposition were much lower quality but you give him chances he'll score you know and the West Brom classic Billy Sharp you know the, the winner he scored against them I don't know if anyone else in our team gets that it looks like a tapping but I think he's comfortably our second best striker this season Mm, I think you're probably right. Yep, it's uh, certainly the only striker, apart from someone else we'll talk about, who scored more than one goal, uh, even yeah. if you know two were penalties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've gone six out of ten as well. We both gave him six last season as well, by the way. Oh, um, <laughs> which season out of the two do you think he played more minutes in? I'd say this one, but I'm, are you going to surprise me? I am going to surprise you. Yeah, it's a bit of a leading question. Um, so, <laughs> so, th- so thanks for playing along anyway. <laughs> Appreciate the commitment to the bit there. Yeah, he played 1,048 minutes last season and 730 this season. So, you know, quite quite a significant amount less. Yes, seven starts this season and 10 last season. I think if he didn't get injured, he definitely plays more this season, for sure, yeah, than, than last season. season. I mean, the other, outside of McGoldrick, the other ones were just offering nothing, were they, up until Jefferson came in? Yeah. Uh, I've just got full respect for what he gave us this season, you know. Yeah. Another one that's like, this just, just gave us at least what you could have asked for it, asked from him. I thought it was nice, you know, quite symbolic that his goal got us that first win, you know. that At that yeah. point, I was long since resigned to relegation, so... Yeah, yeah. That was like extra sweet that it was Sharp that gave us that first win and finally got us over that hump. Um, chipped in with a couple in the cups, as you said. Uh, and yeah, just shame he got injured because I, I think he likely would have played uh, even more down the uh, down the stretch as well. Yeah. But yeah, he's 35 years old, but you know his, his fitness has been so good the last few years that I, I have no qualms at all about him being you know one of our... Uh, you know, options up front next yeah, season. Yeah, I always say, out of the, all the strike force, um, he's in my four, or I'd want to keep. Definitely, yeah. I'd be good if he left, to be honest, even yeah, 35. Yeah. Like, I'd be really disappointed if he leaves. You so. put him in a team who's creating chances, I don't care. I'm not saying he's going to start every game. I'm not saying he's going to get 22 or 23 or whatever he got last time, but he'll score. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there goes the old timer. Right, next one. Uh, the man brought in ostensibly to replace... Billy Sharp, if you like, the long-term future. Rianne Brewster, ouch, 3 out of 10 I've gone. He played 27 appearances, 12 starts, 15 sub-appearances, but he did play over 1,100 minutes. Feels like he was thrust into a terrible situation, a uncreative team that was nose-diving down the league, but he just just hasn't impressed at all, has he, to be honest? I was was pretty happy with his signing. I... I do, I, you know, I do think he'll be very good back in the championship. But I will also say that now the season's finished, I have to confess there's a few doubts creeping in about that. Yeah, like, for me, yeah, I was exactly I, the same as you. Yeah, when I looking at his stats, he was in the bottom third percentile for shots, shot creating actions, non penalty expert, expected goals, progressive passes, uh, progressive passes received, touches in the opposition box. So he was like 33, 33% lower for all of those. That's mm. not good. There's a lot of work to do there. You know, some of the other players that we'll talk about shortly who also didn't have any end product, they were still doing better for those kinds of things. You know, they were still 
getting in the right position, contributing in other ways. And Brewster just hasn't. And yeah, I I think I'm only really going a three out of ten, just almost as a bit of sympathy, really, of like. Yeah. It's just been a bad move for him so far, and he wasn't used well by Wilder at all, was he? You know, there was a long no, stretch of not playing him. I'm assuming he had good reasons for not doing that, and Heckingbottom as well. You know, this is a sort of defensive Wilder here. Heckingbottom hasn't really used him either. And we all wanted him to play as well. We're all saying just start with him. Yeah, He'll who get cares? The We're down. Just right. give him the minutes. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, three out of ten for me. I gave him a two. Mm. Um, I just I, I I can count on one hand the things that he's done well. I think, yeah. and I think one of them is tracking back against Burnley and winning a tackle, which <laughs> you know says says a lot. I, I'm not writing him off because you know he is young and we'll see what happens next season for him and a couple of others. Maybe it is huge. I think in his career as yeah. a whole, he, he he's a young lad played in a rubbish side, but he. he you know, he, he didn't show anything. Even Oliberg put in a few performances where he looked threatening. We'll come on to him. McBurney had a couple of decent performances. I think the worst thing you can say about Bert Bruce, or the, the, the most damning thing, is he ended up being dropped for a 17-year-old kid who, from our own academy who came in and scored immediately. And immediately in those three games showed more than Bruce had in all the performances, you know, that he, he'd had. A, yeah. I just don't think he gave us anything at all. I don't think there were any performance of over six, six out of ten, five or six out of ten. Only way is up. He needs to forget about this season now. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's over for him, if you like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I have some confidence that he will be good next season. But it's, it's not really based on much that I've seen this season, which is. No, I agree. Uh, if this were an academy, damning. if this were our own academy, lad, you'd be thinking get him out on loan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, which is quite worrying, but uh, like I say, I'm, I'm still. I, I think he's going to score goals next season. I've, I yeah. feel pretty comfortable with that. I'll just, I'll just say, I've had a few doubts kind of creep in over the yeah. last couple, last couple of weeks. I suppose not, not yeah. based on his performances because he hasn't been playing, but just when I kind of sat and thought about it. Yeah, that was. I that think was when you look, at, I think Jefferson's made it difficult for him, actually, that he's mm. come in and shown, all right, he's only scored one goal and it could be a flash in the pan, it could be a Jordan slow. But I think we all gave Brewster a bit more benefit. It might have to use a timeout here, actually. But, uh, <laughs> we all gave Brewster a bit more benefit of the doubt, um, thinking, well, he's a young lad, blah, blah, blah. Then this other young lad comes in and immediately shows far more than Brewster has. Yeah, we've used all our timeouts, by the way. We used them on Keen Bryan. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know. Never no, mind. deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> right, moving on. You mentioned him there. Uh, actually, no, it's your pick. Sorry, I'll let you choose who you wanted to go with. Uh, let's. Oh, I don't know. Let's go with Oliver McBurney. Okie dokie. One of it. the others. Just disappointed. <laughs> I gave him a three out of ten. Yeah. Ended last season well. I thought with good displays against Spurs and excellent displays actually against Spurs and Chelsea. And you thought, right, he's he's got it here. You know, he knows what he's doing now. He's had a season to sort of develop in the Premier League. He obviously, the last few games, he wasn't fantastic, but those games against uh, Spurs and Chelsea, he looked a proper striker. One goal, you know, and it's another one like Brewster, a huge season for him next time out for his reputation. I think his reputation has undoubtedly taken a huge hit since he's come here. I think he's a bit renowned sort of with other people and, and even our own fans have just a bit of a donkey at the moment. I'm not saying he is, but I think that's the reputation he's got himself at the moment. Yeah. And obviously, all the all the other stuff off the off the off the pitch and things have not helped him. And next year, I think he needs a massive season. Or I I think maybe even more so than Brewster, it might be a bigger season for him. 
Yeah, I uh, I initially went three out of ten, and then I knocked it up to four for reasons I will uh, expand upon shortly. Let me just check what we gave him last season, actually. Um, at Bernie, we both gave him a seven last season. Yeah. So when he scored, scored six goals last season. Yeah, it's a goal scorer, yeah. That seems like heady days from here, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, as you say, I played 1,300 minutes, so 12 starts, and yeah, just a one goal, no assist. Um, just isolated and ineffective, wasn't he, for most of the season? I mean, his uh, his expected goals per 90 was 0.07, which is like, I mean, that's borderline unbelievable. And I think it tells, yeah. a, it tells a wider story of the rest of the team. I basically, course, yeah. I basically says you'd expect him to score once every 15 games or so, which is essentially what he did. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and was, I mean, there's, just to compare it to last season, his uh, XG per 90 was 0.26, so... Just a massive drop off, point two six down to point zero seven. Um, and the thing that bumped him up a bit for me is his work rate was there. He was in the top twenty five percent of all forwards for uh, pressures, tackles, interceptions, blocks, clearances, and uh, and aerial wins. He was the ninety ninth percent off aerial wins. Um, so you know he did work hard. It's just like. We need a striker that's going to score goals. Like the work rate, that's a nice bonus, but ultimately we scored 20 goals across the entire team the entire season. Yeah. We need a bit more. Um, it was 78th percentile among all strikers for progressive passes. Um, so that's pretty impressive. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't see that. But yeah, the actual goal threat was miserable to non-existent. And yeah, I agree. Big big season ahead for him next year if, uh, if indeed he is still here. Who knows? Yeah, I, yeah, I think... Hopefully, we'll be playing a slightly different way and getting him more involved in front of goal. But it may just be he's not a very good finisher either. I think he slightly undershot his XG last year, and uh, slightly and un- yeah, he had an XG of three point one this season and just scored the one goal. So yeah. it may just be that he's um, a below average finisher. It's a bit like Brewster, where you all season you think he'll be all right next season, and now it's come to the next thing you think, oh, actually, like, why? <laughs> just going to turn it on all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Ollie Burke, the other Ollie. I've gone five out of ten, which actually feels quite generous. But um, yeah. so this is the signing I was most skeptical about for sure. But he did give us something, didn't he? Yeah. I, I, I think I think that maybe says more about the rest of the team because for a while he just looked like an auto include just for some of the season, just because he was very fast. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he just doesn't look very good at football, does he? Uh, but he was high effort. You know, he's ninety ninth percent off of pressures, eighty ninth for tackles. Um, just in attack, it very rarely led to anything. So maybe as fans, we were just kind of clinging to the slightest glimmer of excitement of like, oh my God, look how fast this guy is. He's like, <laughs> he's built like a NFL running back and he's like, you know, runs like a hundred meter sprinter. Yeah. Um, one goal, one assist. He got another in the uh, in the cups as well. That's pretty pretty poor return for uh, 14 starts and 1200 minutes. But yeah, I, I think I've bumped him up a little bit, not on ability, but just because it was like, oh, thank God for someone who looks vaguely dangerous that other teams actually have to worry about when the rest of our super slow, super unathletic team didn't remotely look like getting near the opposition goal. Yeah, uh, yeah. how about you? I give him a four. Um, mm. I think we said halfway through the season that a push he could be classed as one of the plus points of the season. Yeah. We knew he wasn't great, but as you've said... It, well, you said it in, the, in one of the pods, I think, just play the insane athlete because he <laughs> he was basically offering more than anyone else simply because he was fast. We knew his limitations, but he did offer something that nobody else did. 
I think the last three months of the season, he would be on terrible, almost like a joke-like <laughs> figure, which is what tip, tipped him down from me to a five to a four. Taking yeah. off at home to Villa after just coming on was probably his shining glory of awfulness, I think. Um, I just think it was a series of two out of ten performances to, to the end of the season. He did all right at Spurs away the second half, but the games he started, you just look at and you're thinking, how is this man a footballer? That's how bad he was. I don't know. I think out of all our strikers, he's the one that's going to offer the least next season. I hope I'm wrong. I just don't see how, if we're going to play like a possession-based game, I don't know people talk about pace and stuff, but he, he, he's not someone who runs with the ball. He is just fast. Yeah. He's not, you know, he's not like a, we were talking like last week about Sessignon or uh, Ojo or whatever he's called, uh, Ufala Mad. He's not that sort of a player. He's just a fast player. And yeah, those final three months of the season, he was arguably our worst player, I thought. Yeah, it was used. It's been used as a winger originally, hasn't he? Or like at his previous yeah. club. So interesting to see if uh, if he gets used like that, or yeah, just as a backup striker. But mm. got the goal, got a winning goal at Old Trafford, as you said earlier. Yeah. So yeah. we'll always remember him Absolutely for that. Absolutely terrible shot, though. It was, <laughs> it was so bad, wasn't it? The first <laughs> one, yeah. Yeah, that was that was another like, how are you actually a professional footballer yeah. in the Premier League? Kind I of remember moment. the shot where he, what was the one where he took it out for a throw in? Oh God! I, I, I think he's done it twice, actually. The throwing, <laughs> the old throwing shot. <laughs> uh, that was time, by the way. I accidentally stopped the timer just before, right, uh, before the alarm went off. Uh, how many have we got? One, one left, left. Is it? One left. We saved the best to last, mate. Yeah. Uh, and that is David McGoldrick, who, yeah, I have gone with a nine out of ten for. Oh, what a great season he had. I gave him, so this is it, I gave him 10 out, uh, excuse me, what did I give him last season? I gave him a, I gave him an eight last season. And I, that influenced me going to nine this year. I thought, I can't give him the same as last season, even if he scored twice last season and both of those came in one game and his misses were quite remarkable last season. This year, he ends with eight goals, none of which were penalties, which means if you just look at non-penalty goals, he outscored Vardy, Greenwood, Werner, and De Bruyne as well. I'll play De Bruyne. I love De Bruyne in there, even though he's not a striker. But yeah. he plays in a slightly better team. Yeah. The man scored forty percent of our goals. He got an assist <laughs> as well. He was still, you know, he's probably our only player who looked Premier League quality like all the way through the season. I can't quite get to a ten because he wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't a perfect season. Uh, he, missed, uh, he did did uh, a lot of his old misses, didn't he? He did, yeah. I think Chelsea in the FA Cup so it was particularly egregious. I think S- to some extent, maybe his drifting around had a knock on effect on players like McBurney and Brewster, but mm. I still think it wasn't. I don't think it was to the detriment of the team that he was doing that. I thought our best performances came when. He yeah. was hugely involved. Like Everton, uh, Everton is absolutely yeah. the one that springs to mind for sure. And uh, yeah, there's a couple others in there, definitely. Um, yeah, nine out of ten for me. Uh, for my money, uh, unquestionably the best outfield player by a distance. And for my money, the best player, full stop. He would be my player of the season, I think. I've got exactly the same nine and agree completely. Player of the season. I, I think Ramsell, fair play to him and stuff. I think mm-hmm. personally... I think Dizzy deserved it. Um, definitely the most consistent player of the season. Um, I can probably count on one hand, maybe, the amount of actual bad games that he had uh, below like a five. He had a few, obviously, just bad games and stuff. Nine goals is brilliant for a team that creates such so little chances. Yeah. You know, and like Billy Sharper, I think he's become almost like an ambassador, aren't he, for the club? Um, yeah. Like, with, with it, not, you know, not with just all the, the 
uh, Black Lives Matter stuff or anything like that. I'm just talking about the way he speaks. A real credit, I think, to the to, to the football club. I think he probably gave us a moment of the season against Brighton. Do you know when he did the? He, he sent uh, sent them for the pies dinner. Oh yeah, he, that's he, right. He and uh, he did not deserve to be part of a poor side. And it's almost like a classic McGoldrick. He's almost this enigma hmm. of when we're doing amazing. He, yeah, like last season, he was like always like the joke figure, like oh, he never scores, he's rubbish. This season is amazing, and the, and the team's a joke. So yeah, anyone. I, a... I think people might say, oh, I mean, I saw sort of like for instance, Kevin Gage is like saying like, oh, he should be dropped, oh, he should be get rid of next season if he doesn't score enough. But I'm, he's a professional footballer, he'll know more than I. But I'm just thinking, what? I just cannot see that at all. Mm. I just think he's by far our best player, technically, ability wise, and he's a top goal scorer as well. So. You know, if we can get another two seasons out of him, happy days. Yeah, absolutely. What a did. What a, that was a really good season for him. The longer the longer it went on, I think, the more I sort of appreciated it for what it was, really. Yeah. No one outside of Sheffield will remember how David McGoldrick played this season. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, whereas last season, I think a lot of people around the country would have, just for the comic Yeah, misses. yeah, completely. Um, but yeah, the fact we got relegated means no one will remember it, I think. But I, I certainly won't forget. And uh, yeah, when I was... Glad to see him score a, a Premier League goal for sure, which was his uh, his tenth for us for uh, in the Premier League. So, yeah. yeah, good stuff indeed. Right, that's all the players that uh, crossed the Moose line. So, just to uh, just to wrap up, should we talk about all the players who uh, are just very not? We don't have to say any uh, something about all of them, but um, these are players who played less than three hundred minutes, and they are for the sake of completion, Daniel Jebison. Uh, who 284 minutes and one goal. Jack O'Connell played 180 minutes. Uh, who else we got here? Antoine Hackford got 10 minutes. Uh, Illamin and Dai, 11 minutes. Femi Sariki, one minute. Lise Mousset, 290 minutes. And uh, is that everyone? I think I've got everyone there, right? Uh, I've not got it in front of me, to be fair. I, think, I can't think of anyone. Mm, just checking. Yeah, that, that was it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who, who, anyone you want to particularly mention here? There's obviously it's basically a cluster of very young players just starting their yeah. careers, and uh, two more experienced ones, I guess. Anyone who jumps out to you for something to say? Jebison's obviously the one, and he, he mm. gave us a little bit of hope with those last three games. Uh, it was exciting to see a, a young player come in. We've not had one for a long time. Obviously, Brooks had a couple of seasons before. Mm. Um, yeah, it looks like he's got a big few. I don't want to go overboard with him and stuff. But it looks like he's got all the attributes and. I thought we were a bit, I don't know, a little bit embarrassing in some ways that all these strikers that we've just talked about, you know, based on the games that he played, you'd probably say Jefferson were the second best. And obviously you can't compare them because they played more games, but yeah, that's, yeah, it doesn't look, don't reflect well on the rest of the strike force that this young lad's come in and immediately scored as many goals as the rest of him other than McGoldrick. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he I thought he looked like an under twenty threes player in the uh, in the last game of the season. That was the first, uh, obviously the first time I'd seen him in the flesh. Mm. <laughs> I watched his uh, I watched his previous few games as well yeah. on the old on the old telly. Uh, yeah, he he's another one who just could, you know couldn't really have asked any more for him to be honest. No. Yeah, I th- thought he was uh, really good at Everton. Um, did he play? Yeah, he must have. I oh, know he came off the bench didn't he against was it Palace at home. His oh, first, yeah, his right. first yeah, appearance was his sub. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and I thought he did very well in that one. So, yeah, he's yeah. obviously only 17, so uh, you could imagine he's out on loan next season. But, I hope so, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's ready to start personally. I mean, he could brew his wrong, obviously, but I think a nice loan for a season would be good. Mm. 
Yep. Uh, and Dai, Sariki, and uh, Hackford. Um, well, Sariki's 19, Hackford is 17, so they're still a long way to go. And Dai is 21 now. Yeah, he needs to go out on loan at least, doesn't he? Something needs to happen there. Yeah, he's a bit of it. So we only signed him, I think, a couple of years ago. Let me just make I'm sure I'm getting this completely right. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, we signed him in 2019. Um, yeah, and he made his debut uh, away at Leicester in that wonderful 5-0 defeat. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. He's very highly thought of. Is I'm I'm not going to mix up with someone else. He sort of disappeared from the under twenty three picture, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, because they were yeah he didn't play in the the final, did he? And you, you know the whatever it was. Yeah, uh, just it says we um, the stars say we've uh, made a contract offer in April, mm. um, and that's the last that has been heard of that. So I don't know. That's that's slightly ominous if he's. Uh, not signed that yet, yeah, and yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's highly thought of at that level anyway. So, but yeah, twenty one. It's it's certainly time to you know either see what he's got for us or for someone else for sure. So maybe he's maybe he's thinking the same. To be honest, um, we've talked around the uh, elephant in the room, I suppose, and uh, that's Lise Mousset and uh, Oive. What a uh, what a season he played! Two hundred and ninety minutes. So what is that? It's less than five hours. He, he, he played a he played an afternoon of football in the entire it's season, shocking, basically. Yeah. And I've stuck up for him on here a lot of times, but I said like Oli Burke's the man to get rid of. That's because I've already Moose in my mind doesn't even play for us anymore. Which is I'm not saying that as a and anything other than I just don't think we're relying him. I don't. He almost doesn't feel like he's here. Yeah, well, he, he pretty much hasn't been. He started. I mean, I'm surprised he started two games. He played, uh, came off the bench nine times. Yeah, obviously no goals, no assists. Probably played more for the under twenty threes really through the season. But he's twenty five now. I just think that last season he was so good when he was fit. You know, he was just like we have not had a player like this. I think the whole time I've been watching, like this level yeah, of like explosive period last season, you were like, "How have we?" We were talking about that he could be getting a top six move, and now it looks like, you know what? I'm not. I wouldn't be that surprised. He's gone from that. He could be playing semi pro this time next year if he carries on not being able to play football. Just, I think I think he's worth rolling with. I mean, obviously we've still got contract, but yeah. Um, I think it's worth rolling with just because we know what the potential is. But like, so I just don't think you can rely. I think if he can't do a 38 if, Premier League season, 38 game, 40, it's a tough division, the the championship, just like to, to play that many games. I just don't think you can rely on him. Let's say he scores three out of three. He'll be injured for the next three months. Yeah, he seems pretty uh, snake bit, doesn't he? He doesn't yeah. help himself off the field, obviously, with the, yeah. you know, <laughs> Misdemeanors, yeah, the car crash certainly didn't uh, didn't help matters. Um, yeah, I just either get fit or go. To be honest, because you just ultimately you're just blocking the route for someone else to play. Um, I'm and yet, just genuinely fed up with him at the moment, just because this has been a full season of nothingness from him. So he hasn't. Is this right? He's not played a full ninety minutes in his two years with us. Yeah, and like again, just right. going back to Jebison, he's played his first game. He played ninety minutes. Yeah, not, and you, I don't think it's a lot to ask for a professional footballer to play a ninety-minute game. It shouldn't be really. Um, I mean, he's not doing it on purpose. Like, you know, I'm sure he's not like getting injured on purpose or anything like that. But ultimately, if you can't be available for this length of yeah. time, and it's and it's not like 
you know, it's not like he's ruptured his cruciate ligament. Or this something is it. They're not big the injuries. They're not Jack O'Connell injuries or anything like that. They're little minor things that keep happening. Maybe that's just the way he's been. And as you said, I, I, I don't. I really love to go into his personal life and say, "Oh, he's not trying as hard in in training, or you know, he's not doing his uh, conditioning right and stuff like that." But something needs to be. I'm sure they are looking at it, but to get this amount of niggling injuries for the two and at Bournemouth as well before he came here. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't see how he changes. Yeah, some players just uh, you know just have a, a history of continuous recurring injuries, don't yeah, they? And yeah. Unfortunately, the the evidence is that he's probably one of them, um, which is a real shame because yeah, he was oh, just dynamite last season, and oh my god, imagine if we could get twenty games of that next season. Yeah, it seem oh, yeah. Like a destroy huge the league. If he played like he did against like Man United in that two month period, he'd get forty goals or something in the championship if he played every match. Yeah. We uh it's interesting. I think I think at the start of the season I said if you're relying on Musse as like your starting striker, you're in trouble. But if he's like your fourth choice striker to play every now and again, then he's good. And I I don't know if you remember back to pre season, but he was starting for us in some of those games and I I do think he was seen as the first choice and then not not like literally number one, but you know, to start most weeks. And obviously he got that injury in the friendly I think it was the last friendly, was it against Derby, like a heel injury. Yeah. And then that was it. It never never got going after that. And um yeah, who knows what the future holds for him, but hopefully the, the mythical good pre-season and he'll be ready to go yeah. next year. Yeah. Who knows? I, I really hope so. I, I I loved him last season and, yeah, it's it, massively to our detriment that he weren't able to play much this year. But Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I don't you, think eventually you've got to draw the talent. line, haven't you? Yeah, I don't think you can knock his talent at all. It's just this injury thing. Yeah, indeed. Right, oh, we we meant to end on a high with Jefferson and we ended up talking about Musa instead. But he's there you go, mate. season, done it, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Right, I feel pretty good about that. We uh, we differed on a few, but nothing hugely divergent, I don't think. A few that we favoured, one of us favoured more than the other, but generally we're in the same ballpark. You're, you're two for Rian Brewster. That's good uh, That's good he- headline material, mate. That, yeah, uh... that'll be on that guy's thing, won't it? Blades Pod Man rubbishes uh, <laughs> Rian Brewster here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, there we go. That was fun. Um... Yeah, I, I, you know, one step closer to purging this season. I think overall it shows like some players did all right, but so many dropped off, and yeah. very few of our new signings did anything of note. That's a recipe for disaster, and that basically is uh, is what we saw in the yeah. end. Right, mate. Let us uh, let us wrap up. Is there anything else you want to mention or uh, or plug? Any any. There's no other Blades news no, going on. No, I've done that to the Akanovic view last time. Um, yeah, it was at the Champions League final the other night when he all Yeah, he was. He was there, hopefully picking up some players. Uh, yeah, I wonder if, he's, if he was a guest of honour of like Chelsea or something or whether he just got himself a ticket. Yeah, I'm not sure, from... actually. Yeah, maybe, maybe he just went. But yeah, looking forward to the, the new signings and stuff. Looking forward to the Euros as well, um, mm. despite my uh, misgivings and what uh, Southgate has done to my... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I hope he's wrong. I, I'm I'm often wrong, so you know. I hope in a month's time I'm on this podcast saying I'll go to Southgate, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like a, it feels like a one of the most talent talented England squads we've had yeah. for a while. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, I don't I don't know how it's going to come together as a team. That's what. That's it. I, I'm, it's not like when we had 
sort of Beckham and Scholes, that was a good team. It worked. Yeah. Oh, Lampard and Gerrard thing. For me, that worked. You're like, we've got this great right winger in Beckham. We've got brilliant ball play Scholes. Gerard box to box, John Terry, you know, they were like all these like it all came and it, and it never happened. Now we seem to have got these spatterings of really talented young players. And I just hope he can fit him in. I yeah. hope he's I hope he's braver than he has been. Yeah, we'll see. I went into uh the last World Cup with super low expectations, like yes. I was really out on England going into that and um ended up absolutely locked in <laughs> it's like this is the best the best summer ever like this yeah, is so this much is fun thing. And, and, and i think you know I, i'm like sorry i'm really down in it i'm like going oh i really don't I've got no trust in southgate as soon as that first game kicks off i'm on my way actually for that i'll be watching that uh probably with my dad actually in pub um so, so that'll be quite good walk out um, after five minutes yeah that's it yeah <laughs> and then um but yeah i've actually had a bet on holland and belgium uh my two so don't don't go for them. <laughs> right. Um. Um. I have no idea who's good anymore. Um. Because I've been kind of out. <laughs> it's weird. Loop. There's not one standout international team other than France, and France are this weird collection of individuals that I don't think they were amazing in the in the last World Cup. France. No, not really. They were probably they the best team. Five two. So maybe. <laughs> I think they were. I think they were the best team, but um, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like Spain a few years before that. No, or anything. No, no. Yeah. Well, there we go. There's a. Uh, England pod, bit of bonus England talk there to finish off. Yeah. Ramsdale didn't he didn't make the cut, did he? I, no. I might became, play tonight. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I um I sort of became increasingly I don't know if confidence is the right word. I, I wondered in, with increasingly increasing fervour and interest whether he might actually be the third choice keeper just because he's like he was the under twenty one keeper, yeah. you know, getting that tournament experience well, is probably I'm not gonna, gonna play anyway. I like the idea, I said this on the pod last week that Taking the young third young keeper as the third choice has got to be good for him because by him being the England twenty one keeper, you say you know in theory is the next in line you know to be to be the next number one for a, for a long time. I don't mm. know if there's any point in taking Johnson at twenty eight as third choice. He's not going to get a, a game, but you know I've no like I said I don't think I, I said it said it last week. I don't think there's ever I can't think of any World Cup where the third choice keepers had to play. So why not take a young lad? But you know, I'm probably looking at that way too biased, to be honest. I don't think it's like a massive disgrace that he's not gone. <laughs> no, no, it, it just uh, it would have been nice, but yeah. it's pretty pretty cool seeing like the clips of him training with everybody. Yeah, uh, I know he's yeah, obviously yeah. just spent a whole season playing against all those players, but yeah, it's nice to uh, nice to see that recognition for him for yeah. sure, and uh, hopefully he'll be yeah, but uh, maybe he will get an appearance tonight. Yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be interested to see that. So uh, we'll watch that one, right, mate? Mammoth podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's a good job I set that time limit, isn't it? For each player, otherwise we'd we'd still be going tomorrow, I think. But yeah. uh, there we go. It's probably our longest podcast of the season, but. Uh, yeah, a comprehensive look back at the entire it's squad. It's done now. We've done it. That's done. Yeah. Let's yeah. so, forget about it. <laughs> th- thanks to all the listeners for uh, sticking with us. And uh, thanks to you, mate, for the mammoth effort as always. Yeah, thank you. Third podcast in seven days and uh, finished finish strong there, like I said we would. So good stuff, mate. Uh, we'll uh, catch up with you later. Yeah, see you later, mate. Cheers. That's all for this week. So big thank you to Andrew and a big thank you to Glistening Kicks, who are the sponsor of this podcast and a Sheffield-based business delivering high-end cleaning, restoration and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers and trainers. It was very exciting to see them open their first ever shop a few weeks ago as well. Really amazing to see how quickly this business has, uh, has developed and built up. So let me tell you a little bit about Glistening Kicks and what they do. They can remove loose dirt and debris, give deep clean to laces, 
shoes and midsoles also touch up any scuffs or imperfections plus if you're looking for a full repaint due to damage or general wear and tear they can take care of that for you as well as well as their new Sheffield store glistening kicks off a local collection and return in the city and the surrounding areas including Rotherham Barnsley Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire they also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Thank you.